When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, I'm living under a mitzvah. You have none of that. I'm Av Sinensky, and I'm a Zionist pig. I'm Ann Bedian, and I'm the woman who attempted to fuck the Jew out of Larry David. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss season eight, episode three, Palestinian Chicken, which originally aired on July 24th, 2011. I mentioned it a little bit at the end of last week's podcast, but I am so incredibly excited right now. This is, and I'm, I'm not even giving my own opinion, just objectively, if you average together all the rankings across the internet of all the episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is the highest ranked episode in the series' history. So I am so excited to be discussing it today. And we are so excited to be having Anne Betty and herself, who plays Shara, who, as she already told us, tries to fuck the Jew out of Larry David. There's a, there's a lot of Jew in there. So I think there's still some left over. Uh, <laughs> so welcome to Pretty Pretty Good. I mean, I guess my first question is, are you sort of aware of where this episode sort of ranks in the pantheon of the show and assuming you are like, how does it feel to know like that you like played such a critical role on like such a beloved episode? Um, yes, I'm very aware. And especially the fact that um, also I was brought back a few seasons later and right. that I do, I am aware that it was the highest rated episode and it's been like over what, 10 years now. And, you know, people still talk about it. And for me, um, it's probably the most, the strongest, like most uh, remembered uh, character I've ever played. Yeah. And th- I feel like there's a lot of uh, actors who come on Curb and have had, you know, long careers in so many roles. But yeah, then you hit it out of the park here and it's just sort of, it, it goes on forever. Um, I mean, let me ask you another question. You also start on the X list, which was based on an Israeli show, had like Israeli executive producers and stuff. And I believe you're Armenian. And yes. so, and of course the Armenians have their own quarter in the old city of Jerusalem alongside the, uh, the ever warring Christians, Muslims, and Jews. So I feel like you can, uh, you can approach that conflict from just about any uh, different perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're not going to discuss curb today. We're just going to discuss Middle Eastern politics. So. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I actually, um, I actually, this, uh, this afternoon, I had the opportunity to watch um, I Promised Her Life, which is, a, um, as you know, I'm sure a short film that Anne was in, um, I think a few, like three or four years ago. I think it. Yeah. Was yeah 18, 2018, I believe. Or... No, yeah, 16. I think it was, Sorry, yeah, it was in that range, 16 to 18. Um, and it was a really, really touching, like it's a 15 minute short film. So like anyone could watch it. Um, like, you know, which was, as soon as this podcast is over, just put it on. Um, and it's very, it was very touching, very moving. You play this uh, recently, uh, this woman who's recently been made into, um, I guess not an orphan, but it's the opposite of an orphan. Her, her daughter has passed away. Um, 
And what was so interesting to me about it was, you know, so we see you going through like the different like rituals of like the post burial ceremony and like, you know, what you participated in and what you don't, you know, I don't want to like ruin uh, for people who might want to watch it. But what was so striking to me, um, we, we've been talking so much about like specifically Jewish cultural representation on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And one of the points that um, one of our guests raised a couple episodes ago was that, that by making things so specific, it allows people with different backgrounds and different cultures to like locate onto the thing from their culture that is like is similar and therefore it, it resonates with everyone and there was so much of what was presented in this short film that like I recognized as like Jewish variations of things so it was just like so interesting to uh to like immediately see that like exactly the opposite like the whole concept of like washing hands after leaving the ceremony is also something that you know traditional Jews do um and you know just like and obviously you know for an episode that is all about you know cult clashing of different cultures and like you know attempting to find the common ground uh to hopefully get through uh these sorts of conflicts um you know it was just a, a really uh interesting thing to watch today before I jump into this episode i'm interested what made you watch that or how did well you- i was well i was uh you know i was going through your imdb you know because we were having you on and just seeing other stuff that you were in um i i uh i noticed that you were also in an episode of lost that is very memorable at enter 77 um yeah. so so um, I recognize you from there as well. I submitted that episode for uh, an Emmy nomination. Oh, wow. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And this episode actually won the uh, 2012 DGA award for best comedy episode. So, and I think that is like basically the only real like award recognition that Curve has ever gotten. So it's like, even so, like. We won an Emmy. We were nominated for an Emmy. We actually lost to Modern Family that year. Right. Yeah. Um, they yeah. won like a million years in a row. Right. Curb, yeah. Curb, I think, has been nominated a lot, but I think this is its no, only like. For, uh, it did win? My friend was in it. Um, the, okay. the, uh, I could be wrong. Crazy Eyes Killer episode. That one in Emmy? Okay. Yeah, we talked about that with Chris. Chris. All right. I stand corrected. Um, All right. I was trying to make uh, your episode sound like the only good one. And you you (laughs) you want to share the wealth. That's fine. We didn't have Modern Family back then. That's why. Or yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Modern yeah. Family was a gargantuan at the, the awards. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes the Emmys decide uh, a show's going to win and then it just wins every year until it's done. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're not good shows, but uh, not, not always necessarily the best show in every given year. But anyway. Yeah. We yeah. digress. Yes. I mean, like Seinfeld, for example, I mean, The Wire, you know, so a lot of these shows that are. Yeah, they are, the Emmys are not great. Yeah. Award shows are, you know, they don't always get it right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's uh, I think let's jump right into this. As Anne said, it's been it's almost almost exactly to the day, 10 years since uh, July 24th, 2011, when this originally aired for the first time. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some Palestinian chicken. Are you eating today? Av? You promised you were going to bring some Middle Eastern chicken. <laughs> To the yeah, podcast. yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't get around to it. Let's mm, just, uh, okay. All right. uh, but okay. everyone is encouraged to eat some um, chicken of their choice. I'll, I'll include a recipe I found for Palestinian chicken. I'll include that in the show notes. I so. will say, I think it's much better to uh, eat while listening to a podcast than while speaking on a podcast. So, yeah, yes. I think that's a better combination. Yeah. 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 So we'll so, not eat. You guys eat. Feel pa- free to eat. Pa- pause the podcast. Uh, go order or buy or make some chicken, and then uh, come back to us. Yep. All right. Let's do it. Season eight, episode three, Palestinian chicken. And we are on a golf course, Larry and Jeff, 
And we have a couple new friends of Larry and Jeff who are part of their foursome today. And we uh, learned that it, it's actually a fivesome. Um, yeah, what is this five-man club champion? I mean, I'm not a big golfer, but don't you normally play in groups of four? Uh, that's what I thought. You know, yeah, they, yeah it's, it generally is a foursome. Yeah. Um, and our, our, two, our, here. Yeah, our two new friends here are Ron, played by Jason Kravitz, uh, very famously for me from the practice, um, a bunch of other stuff, I'm sure. Um, and Eddie, of course, is played by Larry Miller. Um, most notably for me is the doorman in Seinfeld, right? Yeah, but, you know, he was supposed to be the George Costanza on Seinfeld. Oh, is that true? So Larry Miller was it's it's actually very similar to the story in Curb of Larry wanting Cheryl. But then you have Victoria, you know, hello, pro who sort of comes in and takes the role. Larry Miller was a friend of Jerry Seinfeld as a stand up comic and was sort of Larry Jerry's preferred choice to play the Costanza character on Seinfeld. And mm-hmm. then and then I don't know if it's the network or the other producers, they said, hey, no, we, we have to consider sort of a real actor alongside Jerry since he doesn't have any acting experience. And that's right. where uh, Hello Pro Jason Alexander comes in. Interesting. OK, yeah. well, and so but, but Larry, yeah, but Larry, of course, is still friends. And so he ends up on Seinfeld as the doorman, just the doorman, I, I might add. And uh, and here he ends up being uh, uh, Eddie, who we will get to know so very came, well in this episode. We, yeah, we came very close to an alternate universe where Jason Alexander played Eddie in this yeah. elf scene. <laughs> yes, it was almost. Yeah, we almost had that. So um, I will say so Ed, yeah. Eddie, Eddie gives uh, Jeff a run for his money in terms of a uh, biggest scumbag husband in the curb universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some uh, there's some real winners in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> we have an award for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ron, uh, Ron says, you know, he's in a rush to go because his wife, Eileen, you know, he told her that she'll, he'll be back soon. And Eddie starts giving him a hard time that, you know, his wife uh, controls him. You know, maybe he should pick up a new cock on the way home. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eddie then he goes on to invite everyone to dinner the next day with wives. Um, I guess, of course, with Larry, uh, who uh, at the moment is without a wife. Yeah. And uh, Larry's like, oh, so is Funk is Funk Man coming? Like, what's the deal? Like, I haven't seen him in a month. <laughs> what's he been up to? And, you know, like we have this tournament, he's our fifth player and, you know, he hasn't been practicing as far as I know. And like, what's going to be this, what's going to be the deal with him. And, you know, listen, of course he's great under normal circumstances is great. He's great. He has the weatherman tip. Like he's a great player. Uh, but you know, without practicing, this could be trouble. Has he still not shared that tip with Larry, even at the expense of the team winning the championship? Um, I don't recall the ending with that. I think he no, did get on, it. No, on the show, he did not give it. Oh, he did not. And, and I'm, I'm asking what happened off screen, but uh, given oh. given the fuck man's strong fidelity to principles, uh, as he wait. So you're saying that the, the weatherman's tip is a real golf tip that Bob Einstein knows? No, 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 no. I'm saying the world of cold. <laughs> no, I'm saying in the world of curb. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you're saying it happened off screen, but in the show? No, I'm saying off screen it did not happen. Larry has said to to, to Funk, "How can you not give me the, the you know the weatherman's tip? It, it, we're on the same team. Don't you want to win the title?" And the fuck right. man says, "I can't give it to you." Right, right, right. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, so Eddie and Ron head out and Larry and Jeff, you know, they really start railing into Eddie behind his back. Um, you know, Larry's like, hey, you know, is there anything more pathetic than a cowering emasculated Jew has to run home to his wife? Um, yeah, and anything more pathetic? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that sounds like the bottom. Um, yeah, Jeff's like, imagine if this guy, Eddie, well, no, was they're not, they're not Eddie, Ron. Eddie is Larry Miller. Ron is Jason Kravitz. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, I wrote that down wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. yeah. 
Yeah, Jeff's like there's you know, a lot of interchangeable just, Jewish names going on in this. Yeah, episode. it's like how you know what? Imagine if he was married to Susie, like he would just always have peace stains on his pants. Yeah, um, actually, hold on a second. First. Jason Kravitz is the actor, but Juliet Kravitz is the name of the character of the one oh, who Larry good. will later. Uh, Ron's, um, I mean, excuse me, Larry Miller's Eddie's wife, right? Larry uh-huh. Larry Miller is playing Eddie Kravitz. Jason Kravitz is playing Ron. Yeah, very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that is confusing. What okay. happened? I thought Curb always just says the actors play characters with their actual first names. That would have been much easier. Yeah, I, they're, they're starting to get away from that. Yeah. You can't do Larry people Miller, are, obviously. Actually, yeah, people, are, people st- are a lot of a friend with the same name. Yeah, because like more celebrities are coming on to play characters as we yeah. go. It's harder to, yeah. It, it, I guess it's weirder to play a, an, a, a character, unless you're playing yourself, to play the same name if everybody knows your name. Yeah, so Jeff's like, you know, that, that guy has no balls. At least I have one solid ball. Yes, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Larry and Jeff talk about, uh, you know, you know, really hungry. Let's go get something to eat. How about we try out this new Palestinian chicken restaurant, which everyone is saying is great. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go check it out as well. We're going to head over to Alabast and uh, have some chicken with Jeff and Larry. I've never had chicken like this. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know. It's like unlike anything I've ever even tasted. What about this place? Look at these posters. Huh? Yeah, they do not like the Jews. Huh? Look at that one. Ooh. You're probably the only Jews that ever walked in here. Ever. What these people should do is send their chicken over to Israel. For the peace process. Mm-hmm. They take down all those settlements in the morning. Believe me. You know what? This would be a fantastic place for Jews who are cheating on their spouses to come to. Right. Because no Jews ever come here. They'd be so safe. No one you know is going to ever see you here. You would never get caught. Ever. Looks like they're planning the next intifada at this table. But look at this woman. Could be the next Mrs. David. What do you think about that? If by some chance she's going to get over her anti-Semitism, odds are. Not with me. Not with you. Really? Just my gut feeling. You know what it is? You're always attracted to someone who doesn't want you, right? Right. Well, here you have somebody who not only doesn't want you, doesn't even acknowledge your right to exist. <laughs> yep. Once, once your destruction. That's a turn on. Um, okay, so um, this um, these scenes were, were filmed at this place called Zanku Chicken, right? On uh, no. no, 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 no. It's not called Zanku. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's it based on that, but it's not filmed there. I thought. Oh, it no. wasn't filmed there. Okay, I was getting very confused trying to figure out because I was lo- yeah, I was looking at maps of LA today. Armenian owned chicken. This place is. Uh, Oh, come on. I know the name. I even went to meet the owner so I could get somebody to, somebody called me that I know this, these producers and said their, their team is trying to book that restaurant. And uh, uh-huh. he, he won't give it up for the day. He won't close shop, I guess, because they weren't curved, you know? Right. So I actually, I actually called and I wanted to speak to the owner and they said, who is it? I said, it's the Palestinian chicken lady. And he took the call. <laughs> there you go. That'll do it. Um, was it, was it, was it Sunin? Sunin. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's in Westwood. Like, okay. So you, so here's why I got confused. And well, I was looking, I was literally like looking at maps of like LA, just trying to figure out where everything was and that happens in this episode. And um, this that restaurant Zankur is right. Ne- Zanku Chicken is right is like a few doors down from Greenblatt's Deli, which Goldblatt's Deli is like supposed to be. That we'll get right, to at the end. Right. 
I was like, I was literally, yeah, it's on. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm remembering that I did see that earlier. Um, I was like, literally like put using like satellite trying to like figure out like, how did they film this? Like these two places are not actually next door to each other. They're down the block from each other. But now I'm realizing like, this you is thought it was literally like just literally actual places that were literally across the street from each other. I had no idea, oh, but like okay. it was, it was suspicious that they were on the same block. Like that suggested like they're yeah. like, they're connected. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so that scene, obviously, you know, that really just like sets up where we're going here straight from the top. Um, you know, Larry, you know, obviously he's looking around at these posters, he start, feels very uncomfortable about, you know, the, uh, what they suggest about what he perceives as their, his right to exist in the eyes yeah. of the, oh, uh, the last one's very benign actually. But anyway, it's just a British yeah. mandate, but poster, uh, a tourism poster. I've seen that one in people's houses before actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love this stuff with Larry where he's like uh, where Jeff's like, you know, what if, you know, if somehow she overcomes her <laughs> anti-Semitism, like what are the odds that like you're going to be the one that she does it with? Yeah, uh, it's, it's straight out of George Costanza, of course, the idea, uh, you know, George discusses how a woman who despises him is irresistible. So Larry takes it one step further. And I guess we know where the George idea came from on Seinfeld. Um, so and tell us this is obviously the first scene we see just in the background here. How did you get cast onto the show? What was that process like? Um, I think probably you've heard from a lot of the actors that you've probably had on. Um, a few of the actors are actually friends of mine. Um, Chris, who was Chris the and Tim, right? One is a friend of mine who played the underwear salesman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, who played the crazy eyes killer, is another friend of mine. I actually went and kind of spoke to them. I actually had lunch with Tim to try and set me up for the audition process because. As you know, there are no sides. There's nothing you can study or, right. you know, prepare. Um, and so, you know, and, and I had a brief description. Um, they had to give me a description of the character to make sure I'd be okay with it because they said, all I knew is that she was Palestinian, she was not politically correct, and there would be simulated sex scenes. Okay. And, uh, and that's all I had. They so, didn't say it would be with Larry. They didn't say simulated sex scenes with Larry David. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, they did. They did. Okay. So yeah. that, that certainly that's makes it more appealing. I learned, I, 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 because I, I auditioned years ago when I was much earlier. There was this big movie and there was this like sexually simulated scene and it was for like a, you know, oral whatever simulated. And I was like, no. And then, but it was a De Niro movie and I was like, oh my mm, God, yes. Yeah, yes. And I went in and it was really gross audition to find out like De Niro's not even in the scene. It's a dirty <laughs> truck driver, you know? So like these days I really check if there's anything gross happening, if it's gonna be like, is it Larry David? Is it the De Niro of the movies? And it, it was definitely with Larry David. So yeah, right. but with this, you had no idea what you were going in. Um, right. and, uh, basically I was given a slip of paper that said, you know, you're, you, you're the owner of a restaurant and you see this fight going on outside where Larry just tried to remove a yarmulke from Funkhauser and he walks into your restaurant. That's it. And that's where we took it from, you know? So, and of course everybody was sitting there. Um, and, uh, that's how the, um, the, uh, improvisation went, you know? Um, and and I think so your like, initial, it, you're doing it with Larry and everybody in the, and, and Funkhauser, like with the real people, right? Not Funkhauser, just Larry. Oh, just, but, La- okay, but Larry is there. Larry, yeah. 
I mean, if you have a one-on-one -on -one scene with another actor, like if you were going to be with Cheryl, they would probably bring Cheryl. That's what I was hearing. But right. since my scenes were primarily only with Larry, so yeah. he was there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my, my auditions were with uh, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing that's interesting here is that we've previously seen uh, Larry's political beliefs um, intersect with his, you know, sexual desires um, in the form of one Katie Huffman, whom he immediately was repulsed by upon you know, seeing the uh, George Bush uh, picture on her desk and, you know, right. not being willing to have sex with a Republican. Um, so it's interesting just to see, you know, now we know the hierarchy of Larry David's, you know, political priorities, like Republicans are ahead of Palestinians vis-a-vis -vis Larry David in terms yeah. of, you know, like he, he's not, he doesn't feel great about, you know, having sex with a Palestinian, but she's going to get over it. Whereas, you know, with the Republican, that was just, you know, not getting in the door. Maybe, maybe yeah. instead of, uh, instead of putting up a picture of George Bush, Katie Huffman should have just said to Larry, fuck you liberal. And then, uh, you know, it right. would have gotten him aroused again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's uh, later that night, or the, I guess it's the next night, and we're at the dinner party at Ron's house, and Larry arrives, and, you know, he's trying to park, resulting in a bit of a fender bender on his way in, and so he comes inside, and we meet Eddie's wife, Juliet, who we learn has lost a ton of weight, and Larry's very complimentary, um, and when, you know, she's asked, how did she do it, she explains, um, you know, I, I did a lot of walking, and, you know, I would snack on things like celery, and uh, Susie, of course, pounces on this, uh, asks Jeff if she if he heard celery. He's like, yeah, celery uh, doesn't sound like Jeff's going to be eating a lot of celery. Um, Vile weed. Thank thank yeah. Thankful for the tip. Um, and we learned that the car Larry has damaged is Ron's Lexus. And what we further learned is that the reason that this happened is because Larry was challenging himself to park with only mirrors. Yeah. Instead of looking. Av, how do you reverse? Sorry, what? How, or I'll ask you first, Anne. Anne, how do you reverse? You going only mirrors? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I I don't use my side mirrors. I use a back mirror. But today there's that little camera thing too that yeah, helps. Right. But I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I like I put my one arm back and I just. Yeah, I don't good. do I, I don't do any of that anymore. I, I just look at the camera. You just you just go. You just go. No, I look I, at the camera. I, I, I rely on the camera. I'm not using mirrors. Camera. I'm not turning around. I think it's all. It's like. You know, I think uh, this is a little bit of a dated reference. I think our kids won't even understand what this means when their cars are parking themselves, obviously. Right. right. Yeah. I, I still turn around just like initially and then I mm. go back to the camera. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess probably just instinct. Um, so, yeah. So he goes over to talk to Ron and we also meet Ron's wife, Eileen, who, oh, my God, she blames Ron for the accident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maggie Wheeler. Famous from Seinfeld, more famous from more famous from Friends, obviously. Um, although I will say she's famous in Seinfeld because she's being set up with George, and mm -hmm. here she in this scene she tries to set Larry up actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's always smart to me, like when you know you've been in a motor vehicle accident to immediately blame you know your person in in the presence of the person who is uh, involved in the accident with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, Larry is happy to take uh, full responsibility, says he'll pay. Um, Larry spots uh, that Sammy's also at the party, which uh, seems to irk him immediately. Yeah. Um, and be but before he has any opportunity to uh, make note of that to anyone, uh, Funkhauser walks over and he's wearing a giant yarmulke <laughs> and he greets him with an even gianter shalom. Yes. And Larry, of course, wants to know what the hell is going on. 
And Funkhauser explains, you know, I'm going through this midlife crisis. Um, I guess, yeah, I would say self, you know, obviously, like he divorced his wife on a whim uh, because, you know, she wanted to tag along to a trip to London with him. And now he's divorced yeah. and now he's, uh, you know, uh, obviously going through something. And he decided to rededicate his life to Judaism, which is not the way I would have gone. But, you know, I guess, um, you know, everybody needs to find something that works for them. Yeah. Listen, uh, you're finally single after 30 years. It's uh, it's Judaism. Yeah, and the right. rabbi. exactly. Everyone yeah. different strokes. Yeah. Yeah. He realized that, like, you know, I have so many spilkas in my life. Mm. And so I went to had to go to Rabbi Stein and she's invigorated me. We stay up every night, night, seven nights a week. He's going to her, he says. Yeah, a little bit extreme. Um, yeah, they, you know, they just stay up all night talking. <laughs> now, what are you implying there, Av? <laughs> um, that's what he said, that they stay up all yeah. night talking yeah. on the phone, oh, something true. like that. They have many long, very long, long many hours phone calls. Yes. Um, yeah, Larry doesn't give a shit. He just wants to know about how his golf swing is doing. Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Why haven't you been practicing? And Funkhauser assures him, I'm ready. I've got the weatherman's tip. He doesn't really say that, but that's what we're uh, yeah. assuming. Um, and Larry's like, Funk man, when are you going to return to Earth? And Funk says, unlike you, I am living under a mitzvah. Now, Alex, yes. have you ever heard anyone use this expression in your life? What does this mean? I mean, I never heard it before. Um, Funkhauser uses it, but I've used it right. since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> living under a mitzvah. What, does it even, what does it even mean? Do you, can we deduce even what this means? Yeah, he's being a condescending prick about his religion. No, but like, what does the phrase even mean? He's doing mitzvahs. He's uh, he's living a righteous life. It just means he's doing a righteous. He's literally living under a mitzvah. He's wearing the yarmulke. That's above his head. Right. He's living beneath right. it. That's yeah. true. That's true. Okay. Well, I've never heard this before. So yeah. I guess you learned something new. Yeah. Um, Why don't you attend more classes with the Rabbi Stein instead of podcasting all the time? <laughs> I, sh I should. I should. Uh, yeah. I think I got a sufficient uh, education in Judaism <laughs> at earlier points of my life. Um. So yeah. So. Larry, uh, he changes topics. He's like, so what's the deal? Why Sammy here? This is a, you know, this is a dinner party. It should only be adults. Hmm. And, you know, uh, Marty doesn't really understand why, but like, whatever. We don't, uh, we don't really go too far before Juliet comes over and tells them it's dinner time. Uh, Funkman's going to go grab a challah from the car. <laughs> and as he walks away, Juliet tells Larry, like, you're going to be so excited. Like, I have some really amazing desserts ready for later, uh, ready for later. And um, but what I need from you is you need to be my dessert referee and you're in charge of making sure that I don't eat any of the dessert. And when I say you make sure that means no matter what. And Larry's like, sure, I'm happy to be the dessert referee. Which yeah. I feel like Larry David shouldn't accept these types of responsibilities from people. But also, why is Julie like Juliet's picking him because she know, like for a reason. Right. And because she knows he's going to divorce it. So <laughs> right. there's only herself to blame. True. She didn't have to say anything to him or she could have picked someone else. Yeah, yeah, and, and what do you think? What are the what are the ethics here? And like, ask like putting giving this sort of responsibility to someone. We're like, you're basically putting them in like a lose lose situation, right? Like, because either like doing it with Larry, and you know his character. I mean, that's yeah. the worst person. He's going to hold you to it, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, is it it's possible? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it, I mean it's the biggest setup for yourself. I mean, you could have picked anybody else. They would have been too embarrassed to do it publicly, except for Larry David. He'll do it. Yeah. Right. yeah, except except the problem here is then yeah, you let them eat the cake and then they're mad at you for letting you eat the cake. I told you no matter what, like yeah. it's lose-lose, lose, you're lose. screwed. So I, I think the only possibility here is, right, we've never seen Juliet before. I don't think we ever see her again. So it's possible these are right. not like that close friends with Larry. She doesn't know him that well. And she was just making small talk. She doesn't realize what kind of contract, binding contract. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> the way she said it, 
the way she said it at one point sounded like like a social thing you say oh by yeah. the way i'm gonna hold yeah, you yeah. right well okay don't you let me eat it and it was like eh, wrong person to ask that to you yeah yeah, regret that, you yeah. i i do think he may have even been meeting her for the first time I, i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it uh, yeah i think like he like he gets introduced to her so we no, because he notices that, like, how much weight she's lost. So he's had to have seen right, her once before. That's true. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay, scratch that. Yeah. Um, but okay. They're acquaintances. Um, yeah. So we're going to head into dinner and we're going to get this meal started. I guess this must be a Friday night mm. at the uh, Juliet household. Kravitz. And the Kravitz household. Baruch Amen. Amen. Now the wine? What? Okay. No way. No way. That's enough. Come on. No. I'm hungry. Well, you can't drink the wine without the prayer. Oh, you can't? Really? Watch this. (laughs) Mm. I'm with Larry on this. Guess we're drinking. To the five man club championship. Here, here, here. Now you're thinking. Cheers. Everybody, eat up. Come on. Oh, did you guys hear about this? You know the um, that uh, what's the chicken place in uh, in Westwood, the Palestinian one. Oh. Al, what is it called? Al Abbas. Al Abbas. Best chicken. original chicken. They're opening up a second location right next door to Goldblatt's Deli. Over my dead body. I'm sure that wouldn't bother them. <laughs> LOL, Jeff. LOL. <laughs> How in the world? Can they dare open up a Palestinian chicken restaurant next to the sacred land of that deli? Hey, this is America. They can do whatever they want. What do you mean? It's just chicken. I mean, they can legally do it, Drew, but should they? Yeah, yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. It's insensitive. Why can't they open it a few blocks uptown? They should move it a mile away. (laughs) I hear the chicken's really good, by the way. I heard that, too. Did you hear that? What does it matter, really? I hear it's like the best chicken chicken ever. I tell you what I heard. There's going to be a rally next week. At this new location they're trying to open, we should all show up at the rally and try to stop them from opening it. Come in. Jeff, we're going, okay? Whatever you say, darling. We're going. Jeff and I are in. We're in on the rally. I'm going to make placards and everything. I'd love to join you, but I'm already committed to the rally on the other side of Goldblatt's at the German place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. So I have a little something to say about that. I was there when they were shooting, or they were getting ready to shoot, shoot that dinner scene. And uh, it was Larry and maybe it was Jeff, Schaefer, a few people. I heard them because it was the same day I was, we were shooting something else. And I heard them talking about it. I, I, obviously, I didn't know what the scene was because we don't get a script. But I heard them trying to figure out what the blessing was over the bread. And I stood there and I was like, really? Am I in a room full of Jewish men? And right. I'm not Jewish, but I know the blessing. They're like, you do? I said, yes. <laughs> And they're like, what is it? I said, really? I'm in a room full of Jews and I have to, t- okay. So I was like, They're like, great, can you say that again? I was like, really? That's amazing. So yeah, I, I, just, I happened to hear them wondering what the correct or pre- precise blessing was for the bread. You're, so you're... I'm telling them. Your Hebrew is very good. Yeah, that pronunciation was uh, quite on point. Do you do, have you ever played an Israeli character? Uh, I do. I've played. Well, actually, I've I've auditioned a lot, and I do a pretty good Israeli accent. But I also read Hebrew. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. So, how many languages is that for you? Six or seven. I mean, officially, 
Hebrew is sort of self-taught because I, I started learning Aramaic, but I, I do learn Hebrew on my own. So, but I can't read it without the vowels, which sucks because my vocab isn't strong enough for me to recognize the, uh, uh, a word without seeing the vowels. So if I don't have the dots, all right, that, that's that's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. No, yeah, you need the dots. Yeah, I need the dots. Yeah, I usually need the dots. The dots are the dots but are very hard. But I know most of the prayers and the blessings by right. heart and pronunciation because of Armenian is fairly easy for Israeli for Hebrew. Well, what, one one other Jewish fact check in the scene: uh, you're supposed to do the wine blessing before the bread blessing. So unless you're unless you're a yucky, if you're German, Funkhauser sounds like a German no, name. You're supposed oh. to wash your hands, which yeah. is. Well, you can't get past the hand here. Look at this. Wow. Blessing for the hand. Then I don't do the wine blessing. The men do the wine blessing, but we you do say the the blessing for. I mean, I know the one for the bread. I mean, I know the anabakoach. I know everything. What is going on here? Wow. We have our most Jewish guest, and she's not a Jew. Yeah, we should have. I studied Judaism enough, so and I'm I'm. I, I I try to read in Aramaic the uh, the Zohar. So oh wow, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. you're very young. You're, so you're the very most Jewish yeah. person on this podcast right now. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Alex and I went to yeshiva for like 15 years, but you seem to know just as much, if not more, than us. <laughs> very well done. Um, yeah, so let's go back to the scene for one second, and just to remind some of our younger viewers, maybe who don't remember this context. I mean, there's the obvious parallels to like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But the language in the scene is actually, and I would assume the inspiration, and maybe Anne knows a bit about this, is the, the so this airs obviously in the summer of 2011. The summer of 2010, probably around the time when they were putting together the season, there was a big national story about a Park 51, the so-called Ground Zero Mosque. And so that's why like a lot of the lines in this uh, in this scene, I mean, they can legally do it, true, but should they? Or it's insensitive. Why don't they open right. it a few blocks uptown, move it a mile away? I mean, this- A mile away, right. That, that's okay. Yeah. This is verbatim what, you know, sort of the... Uh, this idiotic debate that was going on in America in you know in 2010 about like how dare there be a mosque anywhere near where uh, other people unrelated except that they claim the same religion committed a crime and so um uh yeah so I think it's very very funny how they sort especially at the time it was a big story now you just see it and you think Israeli Palestinian but how they're really simultaneously talking about two different like a an international conflict half the world away and then also a domestic conflict in america i thought it's very brilliantly done and they air i don't know you know they end up airing this just like a month or two before the 10th anniversary of 9-11 so it's it's very timely yeah this was definitely off of the uh issue the conflict that was going on when the muslims wanted to do their own thing at the 9-11 site and then everyone was like no you can't you know and yeah, that was they, definitely the inspiration behind this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, this scene yeah. is just so much is going on. You like Larry is trying to take like there's there's Susie doing the ah, which which he's never done before, but all of a sudden drives uh, Sammy crazy. There's the LOL. Just like at this this one four minute scene sets the table for everything in this episode. And there's no and, you know, obviously there's no. There's, there's no script here, right? This is just, and I don't know how long they're actually there to film to get these four minutes. So between the acting and the improv and the editing, it's just, it's an unbelievable scene. Yeah, and it's like, it's, um, you know, I, I recognize a lot of what I saw there, obviously not with this exact thing, but just like the way that like this issue, because like animates uh, so many people in, in our circles for sure. And I'm sure in lots of other circles um, related and unrelated, um, but like people who otherwise like you would think are like not that passionate about anything or just would be indifferent. Like all of a sudden when it comes to like Israel and Palestine, like everyone just like jumps out of their seats. Yeah. 
Kind of a hot take. Yeah. You're right. I think Susie, uh, Susie Green has never had a political opinion right. on the show. Yeah. No, Susie's not going to rallies. Susie cares about nothing but, yeah. Yeah. But Correct. All of a sudden, all of a yeah. sudden they're gonna, the Palestinians want to put a chicken place like, yeah. in the front, on the front lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I definitely, that definitely resonated to me in terms of just, like, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's dinner really parties awesome. that I've been to with us. Uh, yeah. Similar, uh, you know, similar <laughs> mood. Yeah. Uh, it was also interesting. So I love how already like Jeff and Larry are 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 playing the oh yeah, I heard it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll see like half the people that were at that meal how we that are confirmed as having gone to the Palestinian chicken restaurant. Yeah. So like I lo- I also just love this like performative like activism potentially yeah. that we're having here of like everyone at the at the table is going to the Palestinian chicken place, but also going to the protest boycotting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, yeah, Listen, it's, just it's like, good chicken. They should just stay in their own place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, you know, we, uh, we get a little time lapse, everyone eating dinner and Juliet asks, uh, how is everything? How are the potatoes? And Larry's like, honestly, the potatoes are a little cold. Uh, the beef was delicious, but the potatoes were a little cold. Um, and Ron's like, what the hell? Like, what's, what sort of chutzpah is that? You yeah, why are you saying that? Uh, but Juliet is, Juliet is nice. She offers to warm them up. Um, Okay, and then actually we're going to head right back into another scene. Uh, Hold on, this, Larry, is, this is Eddie yeah. and Juliet's house, right? El, Eddie and Juliet's This house. is Larry Miller. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting that the one who objects to the insult to Juliet's cooking, presumably, uh, is, not, is not her husband, but Ron. So maybe that should have been a sign that maybe uh, Eddie's not the best husband already. Right. He's putting his arm around her being all friendly, but then when someone insults his wife's honor, he just sort of, he says nothing until Ron steps up. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, um, you know, you could just say maybe Ron jumped to it first and it's stronger coming from Ron than it is from Eddie. Yeah, well, this is like the God bless you thing. You know, you, you got you to do it quickly. Otherwise, right, uh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can't leave it people open. People have had affairs over less. Uh, certainly people LOL, have had affairs apparently. over less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so Larry has a joke for the table. Mm. Who is he? Funkhauser talking to Seinfeld? So uh, we're going to get into that, but let's uh, let's do this again first. So, yeah. So Larry starts telling this joke about this woman named Mrs. Johnson who goes to the doctor and the doctor tells her that she has a very large vagina. Yeah. And Susie starts screaming, Larry, what are you doing? There's a child at the table. Look, Sammy's here. Tell Sammy, you know, and Sammy leaves the table. Um, Susie has another drink. She does her. Ah, um, uh, Sammy runs a joke. Yeah, somebody makes a joke. Um, Eileen does the uh, LOL again. And uh, Funkhauser says that, like, the way that you determine whether she's an adult is either age of 13 or when she learns to make her first latkes. Yeah, everybody thinks that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, is that what she says? LOL too? Yeah, my, my notes are a little. Yeah, uh, no, that's OK. Um, but I do like how Susie says there are levels to being an adult. Show me the levels, Susie. Show me the levels. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say that Larry was telling the Funkhauser's joke here. Because it's like they both opened with somebody. We learned that somebody has a large vagina. Oh, so he was just going to steal the exact same joke. Yeah, I think so. I think he doesn't remember that. But Mrs. Johnson goes to her doctor, whereas the woman in the other story goes to her mother. Yeah. So I guess Mrs. Johnson, I guess, is not in the the big Johnson's club. Right. But like, I guess whatever the equivalent (laughs) of that is. The the wide. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. yeah, later, later. Leon's in the big. Genre. This show has an obsession with with uh, with large vaginas, doesn't it? Actually, this is like yeah. at least the fourth time it's been mentioned. <laughs> the Kirby Enthusiasm is very obsessed with both penises and vaginas. I would yeah, say. but yeah, but a little uh, overcompensation with the obsession about. Uh, yeah. All right, Larry. Yeah, you're, you're saying a little <laughs> um, more than you want to say. 
<laughs> well, we should we should ask Shara because uh, she would know. <laughs> yeah, Shara will give us the scoop. Yeah, and uh, does Shara have an opinion on uh, on Larry's endowment? <laughs> no, that was not that. That I'm probably like it didn't. That's not an issue that came up in my episode. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't in the it wasn't in the casting call. Yeah, no. Listen, it, the lights that were off in that room. Point of topic with the Palestinian chicken woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so our party is winding down, desserts being served, and Juliet walks over to the dessert table and uh, spies a piece of delicious-looking cake, and she decides to uh, go for one. And uh, before she has a chance to do so, Larry pounces onto the spot. He intercepts it, and he, and he withholds it from her. He says, you know, you appointed me your dessert referee. You told me not to let you have it. And she's like, oh, come on. Like, I changed my mind. It's fine. He's like, no, you said no matter what. You you can't change your mind. That's what what is. That's what no matter what is. That's the what. Um, And everyone's like, fuck you, Larry. Like, everyone's like yelling at him. Like, just let her have the cake. This is ridiculous. And Larry digs in to the point of they're wrestling over the uh, possession of the cake as they all go down to the floor. Yeah. Now, I think we said we were going to track how many physical fistfights Larry's had with a woman on the show. But then we forgot to do that. This yeah. is the first one since Rosie and the two women in the wheelchairs, I think, right? Probably. Um, yeah. yeah. Somebody uh, watch the whole series again, and, again. Tra- and, tra- yeah. and track that for us. Yeah, please send that yeah. in. Um, we'll give you two weeks. <laughs> well, actually, this is not going to air for like two weeks. So it'll be like a month. All right, whatever. We'll deal with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So it's the next day. And I guess Larry's over at Ron's house to get the estimate. Um, and it came out to $573, which honestly, like, not so bad considering it's Alexis. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they could say any number and you'd be like, I guess it's Alexis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Larry's happy to take care of it. Not a big deal. Um, and Ron goes on to say that, you know, I was really impressed last night at your capacity for honesty, your ability to speak your mind. Um, you know, you just you say what everybody's thinking. Uh, for example, you know, the whole thing with the cold potatoes, you're able to say that, you know, you pointing out that Sammy shouldn't be at the party like I would never have the guts to say that. Um, so here's what my proposal is. Instead of paying me the money, I would like to you, for you to somehow find the opportunity to call out my wife, Eileen, about the fact that I don't know if you've noticed this, but she always says, LOL, whenever something is funny instead of laughing. To which Larry says, I did notice that. <laughs> and in fact, we did um, see him notice it at dinner the night before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, you know, it would be really be great if you could do this, because like if I say something like she's going to go crazy at me <laughs> um, and Larry's like, yeah, I totally understand. You know, she's like Susie's twin sister. Yeah. Like, you don't want to mess with her. Um, yeah. This. Um, so this is also straight out of Seinfeld, right? The uh, the girl, the girl who didn't laugh. Yeah. The girl doesn't laugh. Who's dating a comedian. No, she has a She's a very bad laugh. She laughs oh, she like a bad laugh. Oh, OK. The, yeah. the switch. I thought she doesn't laugh. Oh no, no, yes, yeah, I'm mixing up two different characters from Seinfeld. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I think my my mother-in-law, um, famously uh, in our family, anyways, my mother-in-law never laughs when something's funny. She'll say that's funny, which is kind of like LOL, except uh, I guess a little bit less annoying, but uh, it's similar. Don't say it's funny. Just laugh. Right. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of that's funnies. Yeah, there, there was a very similar storyline also on Scrubs with Mandy Moore was like his girlfriend as a guest star. And like she also like would just say that's so funny to everything instead of laughing. Um, and then when at the end, JD breaks up with her and like she starts crying and she's like, it's interesting that she didn't just say that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, she's actually crying. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so Eileen comes in, Ron leaves the room, and Larry makes a joke about his dating life. And when Eileen responds with LOL, he's like, Hey, you know, that habit, it's not really that cute. You should probably stop it. Um, you're basically verbally texting. Um, so yeah, we think that we've uh, nailed this plan, except uh, she sees through it immediately. She knows that uh, Ron but is hold the on, one hold that on. Larry up. Uh, this. Did yeah. Larry botch the hit? Did he do a bad job? I don't think he did a bad job. It's a little unrealistic to me that she would assume that her husband put him up to that. Well, we don't know like assumption. We don't know if it's ever come up before. If she notices that like he makes a face, so like if she knows that like her husband hates this already, okay, and then like all of a sudden he says it, then like she could be like, oh, I know what I know what happened here. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't think Larry does a bad job. I think he sells it pretty fine. Um, So yeah, so they end up having a huge. uh, They they have a huge fight. And, you know, they start yelling at each other. Um, Larry holds up the insurance estimate and uh, flips Ron, what we all know as the universal symbol of white power. <laughs> and all. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. True has a different um, meaning now post uh, Trump. <laughs> yeah, everything is different now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know what? I actually, back- I used to use that emoji once in a while to, to tell somebody something was okay. And now you can't anymore. So, you know, fuck you, man, people. I think you still can. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully if I'm doing people don't think I'm supporting white power, but yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, so I know ha- you I know they can legally, but should you? <laughs> right, right. They should be I should do it only with from a mile away. Yeah. Um from anybody else. Um, okay, so yeah, let's head back to uh let's head back to uh Alabas for some more Palestinian chicken. Mm. This time uh I think uh the funk man might come along. Or he might not. We'll see. He said he'd forget about the money for the car, which is $573 if I tell her to stop saying LOL. You know, in most countries, you could get somebody killed for $573. I, I know. By the way, I was this close to telling her the other night. You know what you are? You're a social assassin. Oh, there you I guess I am in a way. Yeah. How'd it go? Not too good. <laughs> as soon as I told her she knew Ron had put me up to it, she started screaming at him, and I just, I left. So you bungled the hit. Well, I didn't bungle it. I did what I was supposed to no, do. No, no, you bungled the hit. Why are you saying that? She knew. That's not my fault. It is. Your performance wasn't good enough. You, what do you know about social assassination? I'm the one who named you a social assassin. <laughs> and we don't want you here at the agency anymore. Okay. I'm the one who All named right, you. There he is. I cannot believe we talked him into coming here. He's yeah. going to love it. He's going to love it. All right. First of all, actually, let's just pause. I think we're going to we're going to watch this scene. Yeah, we're going to have to delve into scene. the scene. So, yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's stop, stop there. Um, so, yes. Yeah, I mean, so first of all, we have here the lineage of what is, you know, almost become like just like directly associated with Larry David as like one of his iconic Patrick, uh, social assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really it's like a perfect description for like the types of thing that Larry does. And like the idea of using that to your advantage is like such an interesting concept. Yeah. Did, was that like was very that... Cl- was that on, on the notes or did Jeff come up with that? I wonder. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, like we've definitely seen this before. Like we saw we've uh, we saw Jerry said this, right? That he was going to he knew that Larry would like handle it poorly. Yeah. And, like uh, with uh, with the bare midriff, with the secretary. Yeah. yeah. So like we've definitely seen this strategy employed before. Um, but this is, I think, the first well, we've time seen it. it we've seen it deployed in Seinfeld also. Right. They use Kramer that way on purpose after he tells the woman that she needs a nose job. Right. So well, then they bring yeah. her to tell uh, Wendy Malik that she needs uh, a new hairstyle and she won't. Right. I'm talking, but I'm talking about specifically Larry David. Yeah, yeah. But that, but that, that is like the exact same thing. Yeah. They just in Seinfeld they don't call. Do they ever give it a name? What what Kramer's doing? 
No. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Kramer. But also, I think with Kramer, it's almost unintentional. They just bring him in the room and hope it'll happen. Whereas later you ask him to do it, he'll still do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's almost it's Larry's a social assassin. Kramer's a social manslaughter committer. Yeah. It's, it's like less it's less impressive if you ask him to do it. It's like the real social assassin. Like you don't say anything. You just invite him to the party and like he, it takes care of the problem. But that's what they try to Kramer. And then he likes Money Malik's hair. So it backfires. Right. So Kramer's not a great social assassin either. Like yeah. the best social assassin, like they just, you know, they do it on instinct. They don't need to be told. <laughs> you, you know, you, you're not really an assassin if, you, if you're just killing people without being paid, told and paid for it. You you intuit who is supposed to be assassinated. Yeah. You so. got you got you got to be given um, some kind of uh, remuneration in order to be an assassin. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. Larry, and Larry says, you know, he was gonna, he was almost going to do it anyway. So like now yeah. he's just like getting paid. To, well, like, when you're worth 400 billion, what's in between nothing and five hundred and seventy three dollars? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Larry shouldn't care about five hundred seventy-three dollars, but yeah. like whatever. That's uh, he he tends to uh, often in these situations. Okay, so let's uh, yeah, so let's uh, greet Marty. He's going to arrive, um, and uh, yeah, let's see if he's going to make it inside to Palestine Chicken or not. <laughs> Shalom. You know, I thought all last night if Rabin can break bread with Arafat, I can have chicken <laughs> at this anti-Semitic shit. <laughs> Okay, that's just not gonna work. Yeah, that's not. What's not gonna work? The yarmulke. Yeah. I can't go in with wearing this yarmulke. Uh, She's shoving it in their face. Let's go in. No, 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 no. It's far too cocky a move. (laughs) What what is this, the radon and Tebby? Let's just kind of walk in, Kevin. What? Proud Jews wear yarmulkes? Yeah, be proud here in the parking lot. You don't need to be proud in there. Let's just go in and sit down. Take it off, take it off. I'm not doing anything. Don't you dare go after my yarmulke. Don't you reach for that. Don't you ever touch that. No, don't you ever grab my yarmulke. Give it to me. Don't ever grab my yarmulke, ever. How dare you? Don't ever touch my yarmulke. Do you understand? What the hell is that? We're going to go eat without you. Good, who needs you? Get out of here. All right, we'll pause Thank right you. before we get Thank to Anna just to uh, cover the funk hazard scene. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, the Robin and Arafat. Great on Antebi, great reference there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't go in with the avocado. Like, that's just putting a target on your back. Like, don't, the way like, Larry is welcomed into the restaurant by Shara and friends after fighting Funk, very reminiscent of how the Jews welcome him after he disrupts the yes, baptism. Yes. In the baptism. Yes. Yeah, like, Larry just chill. loves loves to have his ego stroked. Yeah. Now, Anne, next uh, to Shara, there is a woman in, in purple, I think. Is that the sister who you will mention in the final scene of the episode? No, no. Oh, okay. No, not <laughs> but what's funny is. Um, even in the scene where, you know, where I'm in the background the first time when they notice me and in, in here, because nobody knows what's going on, nobody has a script, especially not the extras, right? Yeah. Um, they all assumed I was an extra. So right. oh, that's funny. It, was, it was a little strange to have like people come and specifically, specifically position me in the window, but nobody else. And even then they weren't sure, they weren't really getting it. Nobody knew and I didn't say, who I was or what I was doing until this happened and I walked up. Then they said, oh shit, she's not an extra like us. They've been planting her amongst us this whole time, you know? That's funny. Yeah. yeah that would freak yeah. me out, right? Like you, like you all of a sudden, one of the other people that's just been like with you all of a sudden is like actually in the scene. Yeah. Right. So, and then because in. also in that scene where they showed me in the back and where I'm sitting with them, whenever they would say action, I noticed the extras um, were miming talk. They were like this, 
And I was like, wait, you're not really talking? No, no, just tell me what your real name is. What are you doing here? What do you do, you know? So I would get them to really talk so that I knew when the camera was on me, I'd be in a real conversation and not doing this mimey stuff. But right. they didn't know the camera was on them. So they were just doing the mimey stuff because it wouldn't be you know, seen anyways. And I wasn't telling them anything. So it was kind of interesting that I was like, when you see us in the background, we're actually having a conversation. They're all telling me they're acting hopes and careers. Right, and- right, right. Well, I thought you were planning the next Intifada. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> that's that's it, why that's I it. looked so serious when I was asking them questions about their acting careers. <laughs> that's right. That's funny. You got to know who's good at what. Yeah. Yeah, but this is where I re- they realized, oh, shit. It's been three days. We just realized this girl is not like one of the extras at the table. Oh, okay, yeah, as you walk up to LD, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's push play on that off. Yeah. Oh, well, hello. You're a Jew, yes? Yes, I am a Jew. A big Jew. Big Jew. Big. Big Jew, and you still told him to take off his Jew cap. Yes, I did. Thank you, my friends. What's your name? Leib. Leib? Son of Nat. Son of Nat. My friends call me Larry. I like you. What's not to like? You're a Jew. My name is Shara. Shara. Call me. That's my chicken. Just like I'm proven incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I love I love how he like immediately just like leans hard into the Judaism. Like he senses what's happening here. And yeah. he's like he doesn't say Larry, he goes with Lab, son of Nat. Yeah, listen, <laughs> he, it's hate fucking and he knows it. He's like <laughs> he, know, he knows that's his way in. Yeah. Now I didn't and even then. know that Larry David had a separate Hebrew name, but apparently he's Lab. Uh-huh. And his bar mitzvah or whatever. Um so um, I don't know if you, you said we said about this scene before also, but so what what here was, you know, on the card versus improvised? I don't know. I don't recall. If the whole thing was it. improvised. Okay, uh, the whole thing. There was not, the there was no. The whole thing was improvised. And my background in, in acting is basically Meisner. And one of the, mm-hmm. the you know, I've done a little bit of long form improv, but I'm, I'm a Meisner trained actor. And if you know anything about Meisner, it's the repetition. You bounce the ball back. So I remember Tim saying to me, you this will be like really easy for you. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not a long form improv comedic actor. He said, you're miser. You just repeat everything back. So if you watch the scene, all I'm doing basically is repeating what he says to me. Right. <laughs> right, right. The only time I came in and because if I'm really honest and in character, when he said, what's not to like, well, you're a Jew. And that I came up and that was the most unexpected biggest thing. And the director said he was in the back biting on his fist so he wouldn't blow the tape because nobody saw that one coming out you know <laughs> so he was just like oh just so he doesn't let it out because when he went larry just you know what's not to like or you're a jew you know that was it was it's honest it's the truth and that's why it was so crazy then and it was unexpected but that's the, the goal they get from doing improv and nothing scripted yeah. yeah, yeah, the the delivery of you're a Jew, just just like so, just like matter of fact, like yeah. you're a Jew, like uh, that's all I need to know. Like, well, I'm imitating his tone. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, you're a Jew. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of miser, and if you watch the scene, I'm not doing much. 
I let him take the lead and I bounced, you know, Larry, Larry, son of Matt, son of Matt, you know? <laughs> but you still yeah. managed to steal the scene, so. Yeah, well, yeah, you have the presence. The thing that got us off into, like, the improv was more when I said, I like you. I kind of <laughs> like you, you know? And then he said, no, it's not to like. Well, yeah. And But I was still bouncing the ball back to him. But that was the goal, the you're a Jew. So as an example of like how the show gets edited, so we see less than a minute of your conversation with him. How long did you guys actually go back and forth there? Not that long. We did probably a few takes. So like I can just say like in the beginning, sometimes because the writers are in Video Village and if they hear something really good or they have a great idea based on something you said, they'll ask you to make sure to say that specific term again. Mm. And then sometimes, like I, I had never used the term uh, Jew cap, Jew hat or Jew cap. <laughs> I would just naturally say yarmulke, you know, yeah. or the, and then they, they, they wanted me specifically in, in, in my, when I spoke to say Jew cap. Yeah. Um, so I had to just remember that word and insert it at my leisure and whenever, you know what I mean? But I had to, I remember having to use that term. Besides that, I didn't have any other specifics. I had two instructions. I had to get the word Jew cap in and I had to give him my card and introduce myself at some point at my leisure, however it happened. So we must've done a few takes. And um, I think this last take, this one take that they, that they liked at the end, um, some kind of noise disrupted the part where I say, my name is Shara, something wasn't clear. So I actually had to go into studio. And if you really listen, you'll hear that it's not the natural flow of the conversation that wow. um, Shara call me is a little different than the rest of our conversation. Yeah, that was added in. No, it wasn't added in, it was reset. I actually yeah. do say it to him, but the noise was off something with the background. So I had to go in and redo that one. I've also reshot every scene that has a, uh, the, the F-bomb in it for the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I've, I've had to just uh, say- you're, you're muted, my, by the way. Your mic is muted off. I did not know that um, the curb was on the Hallmark I, Channel. That's very funny. No, no, we yeah, can I did not. Yeah, I was on mute. It's okay. I did, I did not know that either. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, are you the owner of this restaurant or you just work there? Owner. No, we Is see her card. Yeah, she, I don't think you got a card with right. the logo of the restaurant if you're just like a hostess. Right, right. right. It, it was it was because there's no script. It was never like specific. So I remember when I went to do um, when I went into wardrobe, uh, there was a miscommunication, and I looked like a waitress, and I said, "Hold on, hold on." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm dressed like this. I'm the woman who has sex with Larry David. I own the joint. They're like, oh. <gasps> You know, so we had a whole switcheroo and that's how I got these outfits. Yeah. I got to say, yeah, we've been staring at this freeze frame for a while. That's a pretty good looking chef you got back there, but you choose Larry over him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been for all of those guys already. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, have you ever personally eaten Palestinian chicken? No. You haven't? No. You would, you would think we, we should probably find um we should find like a Palestinian chicken joint for you to do like work out some sort of like sponsorship. That yeah. that actually yeah that restaurant actually has pretty good food to be honest. It's Lebanese. Yeah, food. they're like a whole chain. Yeah, I think I saw they're like a Lebanese slash Armenian, which is interesting. Yeah. Not right? Zanku, not Zanku, Sunit. 
Oh, suited. Okay. No, yeah, if you're mixing up again, the one they filmed that versus yeah. the one that it's based on. That's based allegedly. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Thank no, you. They're Armenian. I know them. They have they have pretty good. They're known yeah. for their garlic sauce and the chicken. That's what everybody loves. Yeah, Zanku has like 15 locations or 10 locations, a bunch of locations. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so the, the Jews but, are not but doing a good right job. Next of, to go deli. Oh yes, they <laughs> right. Discuss yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing a good job of shutting down those Palestinian chicken joints. Yeah, they're expanding uh, new settlements all over California. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. What's not to like? Uh, you're a Jew. Huh. Wait, we saw this. Yeah, yeah, we did. I did it again on purpose. Oh. <laughs> why, wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to watch it again? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Larry and Jeff sit down. They have some of the chicken. And, again, they're just raving about it. Larry says, you know, I'm not even going to be able to eat dinner tonight. Jeff's like, of course. How could you ever eat another meal after this? Jeff will eat for another meal. Yeah. Um, as they're eating, um, they see that Eddie and Eileen are walking in together, what appears to be a date. And Larry's like, yep, they chose the restaurant because they assume no Jews, just like I said. Um, and, like, you know, they would be able to get away with it. Um, Jeff is like immediately like walks out. We saw him do this another time recently. I don't remember what it was where he's like, you're on your own and just like walks away. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely the right thing for Jeff to do. It's just like not be involved in any of Larry's things. Well, but Jeff has so many affairs of his own. He doesn't need to get involved in other people's affairs. Right. Yeah, he just knows this is going to blow back on him. Like, it's not going to yeah. end well. And, like, then Susie's going to yell at him for think of Think of the number of lies that Jeff is already trying to get past Susie to cover his own tuchus. And so does he really want to start lying for Eddie? I don't think, or Eileen. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Eddie uh, notices Larry walks over, channels his inner Bogard. Out of all the hummus joints in all the world, you had to walk into mine. At least he'll always have Palestine. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to ask for Larry's uh, discretion. You know, you know, this whole thing with me and Eileen, it only happened because Ron and Eileen had this big fight because she says, LOL. Yeah, straight um, out of God bless you. Yeah. So like they had all intifada over it. And, you know, or you could have done better. Also, another one. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, you know, I think the LOL thing is pretty cute. It's pretty funny. And Larry's like, yeah, you wouldn't think that unless you were trying to sleep with her. Uh, and he's like, well, of course. I love the um, sarcastic way that he says it. I think it's cute. It's funny. Like, you know that he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's almost like Richard Lewis claiming that his uh, girlfriend's a philanthropist. <laughs> Right. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, so. So. Um, yeah. So. But like Eddie's like, listen, you can't say anything because like the golf team, we got to keep the golf team together. If like he finds if Ron finds out, like it's the whole thing is going to be off. Yeah. Um, so you can't say anything no matter what. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, Yo, listen, I'll even I'll even pay for your meal. And he's like, well, I've already paid. He's like, great. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Larry out. Miller's. Com- he's just his comedy in this entire episode. His timing, his delivery is fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we head back over to Jeff's house and Larry's filling Jeff in on this whole uh, Ron, Eddie, Eileen situation. And Larry's like t- taking a lot of pride in the fact that he's the straw that broke the camel's back that led to the uh, the affair and what seems might be the uh, dissolution of a couple marriages. Yeah, and, this uh, is three he'd be responsible for. Right. In just two weeks. Yes, his own um, well, four, including four, including his own five, including the Dodgers guy. Oh, yeah. Well, they were already divorced. He just screwed up the uh, the divorce yeah. proceedings. I think. Fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, Larry's like, you know, I got to be more careful with this whole social assassination thing. I'm not going to like t- I'm not taking any more requests. Hmm. Um, and we see the, they don't see that Sammy is standing around the corner, eavesdropping, and he overhears this whole conversation. Um, Larry makes a joke about the pillow that Jeff is holding. And like Jeff Garland legitimately breaks yeah. here, just, like, yeah. cracks up. He's like he had like no idea that was coming. You he calls. See, he, yeah. Yeah, he compares it to like him holding like the white kitty like in James yeah. Bond. Yeah, yeah. 
Very, um, very uncareful of them, by the way. It happens to be Sammy around the corner, but how do they know it couldn't have been uh, Susie? Yeah. Well, maybe Susie wasn't home. I guess so. Um, yeah. So uh, Larry goes out to his car and Sammy uh, pops out and confronts him and says, yay, I don't know if you've noticed. My mom has been doing this thing whenever she has a drink where she smacks her lips and makes this ah noise. And Larry says, I have noticed that. <laughs> Um, and like what I would really love is if you could say something to her and stand up to her and tell her to stop doing it uh, because like you're the only one who could do it my dad is spineless um, and Larry is very flattered but he doesn't want to get involved in these types of situations anymore so Sammy is left with no choice and plays her trump card that if she doesn't do it she will tell Juliet and Ron about the affair yeah are we watching Larry no we're not okay no we don't have this one Um, so yeah so Larry is really not thrilled about this yeah, n- yeah. Next time, yeah. if you want, this is, a clip this is to one of my favorite show. scenes in all of Curve history. So bad job by me. Very bad job by you. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we have a we have a WhatsApp chat where we chat almost yeah. every day. Yeah, I've just um, forgot. Yeah, you watch the episode. Tell me what clips to pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, I guess I have no choice because the golf team. Uh, yeah, he's really put a lot of stock into winning this tournament. Like a lot of people are going to get thrown under the bus as a result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so. He's like, yeah, you really are your mother's daughter, aren't you? And she says, yeah, get the fuck out of my driveway, you bald prick. Yeah. You didn't want to see that? I mean, Sammy. Ch- so first of all, Ashley Holloway, the actress who plays Sammy Green, I-, I think if you look at IMDb, she's not really like a-, a full-time, I don't know what her profession is, but she's not like a full-time professional actress now, I don't think. But she still comes back to do Curb. I guess she's, you know, for the sake of the show, she'll come back. And the way she channels Susie in this scene, it's just, it's one of the best things in Curb's history. Sammy is like, is just a child actress, is a child character for eight seasons of the show, does very, very little. It's sort of clear also from Seinfeld. Larry David isn't too interested in writing for kids or about kids. And then all of a sudden in this one scene, it all pays off. It just, <laughs> this scene is unbelievable. The acting, everything, I love this scene. It's incredible. Um, I like how she says, my dad is spineless. But of course, you know, the home run is what she says to him through the window. Um, she is her daughter and she has watched and uh, by the way I don't just mean Sammy watching Susie but also Ashley watching Susie for right. the show and she's like hey, I know how to talk to this uh, this bald asshole <laughs> yeah but if she obviously if she had watched a little bit more curbs she would know to say bald asshole instead of bald prick yes but yes, we'll, we'll forgive we'll forgive the mistake yes um, okay so we're gonna head back home and it looks like um, I think uh, Larry got Shara's card with her phone number in the last scene yeah. so uh, let's see if that pans out <laughs> seek him everywhere is he in heaven is he in hell that damned elusive pimpernel <laughs> funk man 
Look who's here! Well, well, Martin, Shara, Shara, Martin. <laughs> oh, really, really wonderful. Uh, yeah, uh, fuck me like Israel fucks my people. Um, yeah, that's that's doing a lot of work there. That's great. Yeah, they're just going back and forth, though. Keep my father out of this. Yeah, <laughs> leave my father out of it. Who gave me a huge laugh when he starts talking about Theodore Hertz. Yeah, it reminds me of. A- I've never Larry David has never struck me as a big Zionist, but if it, that's what it takes to get into a beautiful woman's pants, I guess <laughs> he's quoting <laughs> her. But um, yeah, why is Funk walking into this home uninvited? <laughs> well, you know, the same way he walked onto the Seinfeld set without, so. uh, you know, yeah, he knows how to get into places. Listen, you walk into someone's house and you can't be upset at what you see. You're uninvited and well, you just wander. We had a we had a friend in high school who was just like great at getting into places, right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so Frager was the the Funk man you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He just you know, he just he was in places somehow. Yeah. Um, Let, let's yeah, let's so, talk about the filming of that scene. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, let's hear about that. Uh, well, that's what that's one where um, I was given some of the lines. Some of the mm-hmm. writers are there, and Jeff's there. Some of the writers like, and they're 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 hearing, and as we're working on it, and and kind of rehearsing because we had so many different angles like when you see my face Larry's not actually there there's a camera I'm doing this to in front of Larry's just sitting off to the side throwing lines at me you know and then they'll they'll say you know and then and sometimes while we're shooting they will if something comes up in their mind like um you know dirty Jew I'll, I'll hear them saying it and I'll incorporate it and then some of them stick and some of them whatever. But a lot of these lines um, were sort of fed into me in the moment with the writers coming up with stuff as we're trying them out and, and working with them. So it was, um, it was, it was, you know, one way I was, I remember, you know, uh, Larry had this box thing, like this cushion, so there would be no accidental, you know, chafing going on or whatever <laughs> right. and um and then uh i remember he had his assistant bringing like a, a mouth spray and all that stuff and i was like oh don't worry i'm not gonna kiss you you know there's no kissing in this sex so, so he's like oh right right you know <laughs> right. and you know and and because he was you know he's very modest he's very humble he didn't want any nudity whatever actually it took a lot for him to take off the sweater i think he was going to do it in it would, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing an undershirt throughout the scene. If if it was up to him, I'd be in a you know those full onesies. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. So, but I had actually the the sheets and the bedspread taped to my back so that while we're moving or faking the movement, nothing would slip off. My underwear wouldn't show. They were very careful with that stuff, which I really appreciated. But did the bedspread have did the bedspread have a hole in it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I remember to, I, during the breaks, I'd be there and I was like, well, you know, this is like my dream thing. I love it, but too bad I can't. I'm not going to be able to sit down and watch this with my parents. Yeah, and he was right. like, well, you know, and he was like, it's not that bad. There's, it's, it's comedy. There's no actual nudity. It's a funny scene. It's not like this, you know. I said, I know, but I still would never feel comfortable sitting next to my father watching this with him. It's just not going to happen. 
And, uh, and I said, it's a shame because this is like, you know, I, there's so many great episodes. I've talked about it with so many friends and families. You know, the time where his mother died and they didn't tell him because they didn't right. talk to him. That's so <laughs> Armenian. Our family does that. You know, I've really right. my cousin and she was like, hi, how's your father? Did, they, did he get out of the hospital? And I was like, what? My father's in the hospital? Oh, boy. Goes, oh, they didn't tell you. They I was like, my father's in the hospital? What happened? Because he had an operation. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God. Who are you? You had auditions. I was like, my father's in the hospital. How can an audition be like, what's wrong with you people? That's exactly the kind of shit that happens to us. So, you know, it, and I would have loved to share this stuff with them, but I was like, and it's not happening. And I didn't even know how to break with them, but he was right. You know, he goes, there's nothing, there's no actual nudity and it's, it's com- comedy. It's the best way it could ever be done. These type of stuff. So um yeah so it was it was it was great i i was helped a lot obviously by you know the 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 genius behind the whole everybody on the show and the and the you know jeff especially jeff schaefer with the things he was slipping to me and i would incorporate it and it would work and you know it was it was great i i had a blast doing it i i had some of my own stuff that got taken out i think i called him hitler's little girl at one point I did a lot of other shit, you know, <laughs> not everything was used. Right. Hitler's little girl. Yeah, so that, that's like uh that's like uh the outtake reel that I want to see, like of all yeah. the yeah. different I think I said Hitler's little bitch, Hitler's little girl. <laughs> I I I kind of called him out on his whiny Jewy voice thingy. I did a lot <laughs> of stuff and eh, not, not everything was do, do you have a tape of that of all the outtakes from that scene? No, God oh. no. Because Chris but, Williams did get one from one of his scenes, and he shared a, a clip with us. He did. So, well, he yeah, was that... nominated for an Emmy. Maybe you know, he won the Emmy. I remember when I got nominated, I called Chris. I was like, "Hey, hey, you know, I'm going to be the highest rated winning." It. He goes, "No." He goes, "He goes, we're two episodes nominated for the Emmy, and then after the Emmys, he goes, but we're the only ones who got it.'" I was like, "All right, get out of here, Chris." Oh man. Yeah. Chris, great guy, great guy. Great guy. Sometimes brags too much. A great guy. <laughs> yeah. So right, that look, scene was that that scene was crazy to to take. I, but I never broke. I never broke from it. You know what I mean? That's pretty um, tough. Yeah. I would hear Larry in his rope next to me as he's trying to feed me the lines break a few times and yeah. laugh because it was funny. But I didn't actually break until I had to come down the stairs and look at Funkhauser. It's the <laughs> only time I ruined multiple takes because right. I, I couldn't. And then it was either Larry breaking and then when Larry would keep it together, I would actually have to look back at him and I, I, I couldn't. I would just break. So so, I, so 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 yelling about you know fucking Jews Hitler's baby that that was totally cool but just standing silently in the presence of Bob Einstein <laughs> couldn't do so it. Larry, then that moment where he would introduce us, <laughs> and he would just you know break, and then that moment where and then at one point he got through it, and then it came to me and I I couldn't I just broke I started laughing and it was like cut cut you know so and yeah. I felt bad but I was like you know what I've been really good I haven't I haven't like. Uh, ruined any takes but the ones with bob i ruined them i couldn't i couldn't it was just too much yeah there aren't too many scenes like that where you can you see so much hate conveyed without a word being spoken (laughs) yeah yeah the eyes that you guys give each other very very good yeah (laughs) Yeah. um what what is larry doing here where he's reciting this this thing from the scarlet pimpernel what is this yeah yeah he he's 
he had something else better the first time coming down the stairs. It was a song he was humming. And he said, remember that, remember that. And I said, okay. And then he said, what was I humming? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so we both forgot. So he just came up with something else, you know? But he knew that the other thing he was humming which was much funnier, which he specifically told me not to forget. And I specifically forgot like five minutes later. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if this uh, this little uh, soliloquy that he has here gave him a uh, planted a seed in his head about doing a Broadway play. <laughs> Listen, uh, some people smoke a cigarette after sex, and some people, uh, what is it, quote <laughs> Baroness Orxy or whatever Scarlet Pimpernel is? It's like you, you nailed it, Baroness Orxy. Hmm. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah. So uh, Shara heads out for now. Um, fuck man remains with Larry. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Problem? <laughs> Fuck you, you bastard. Yeah. Small price to pay for the best sex I've ever had anywhere. This woman is amazing. When did you have your orgasm when she said she'd fuck the Jew out of you? Hey, let me tell you something. The penis doesn't care about race, creed, and color. The penis wants to get to his homeland. It wants to go home. I came over here for another reason. Starting a happy Gilmore. <laughs> I can't play in the golf tournament Saturday because I have to honor the Sabbath. You're Colfaxing us? <laughs> well, if you're saying that your best player is unable to play because it's the Sabbath, yes, I'm Colfaxing you. So you're going to have to get someone else. The tournament won't let us get anybody else. And if you don't play, we all drop out. It's over for us. I'm following her lead. She told me what I have to do. I can't play. What if I talk to the rabbi? I'd love you too. She's in the valley off of Brooklyn. And if she gives the okay... Would you play? I'll be there. Our friendship is about that much now. I'll tell you what. You don't play that golf tournament and it's over. How about that? Why don't you go wrap your head in a towel? You're not even a man anymore. Mommy rabbi says don't play. Little boy. Then don't you tell me to get out of here. Hey, you dropped your yarmulke. Oh, my God. Yarmulke alert. Oh, sirens. Yarmulke on the floor. I gotta say, Larry is a bigger anti-Semite to Funkhauser than anything Shara said to Larry. <laughs> uh, with Larry, though, it's like it's not that though. It's like Larry thinks it's all stupid. Like he's like an equal opportunity. Like he thinks all of this is dumb. Like who cares? Um, like Funkhauser is the one who's like, no, like my like idiosyncratic weird thing is like correct, and like their thing is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Like Larry's like, no, you're like, everyone's an idiot. Just like, I want to have sex and I eat good chicken. Like, <laughs> why, why is this a problem? Problem? Right. Problem? Yeah. Like, what, what's the issue? Like, why is this an issue? Well, certainly, um, yeah. For an adult man to come into your house and tell you to have sex with is a problem. But yeah. yeah like, what? Well, what's Larry doing wrong? He met someone. They're having good sex. Well, there's yeah. no issue. <laughs> um, yeah. The penis just wants to get to its homeland. It doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we recently found out that, you know, there'll be a, a future world where perhaps someone will be Steinmetzing and we'll have to see how that plays out on uh, whether or not a uh, great Jewish pitcher pitches on the Sabbath. Yeah, I do love I love how they go from Kofaxing and he immediately responds, well, if you mean your best player can't play, it's, it's very <laughs> wonderful there. <laughs> the Both by is, that. Yeah, the fuck man yeah, is waiting for that. 
he's spot on. Yeah. Um, okay, so as requested, Larry uh, goes over to University Synagogue, uh, which is a real synagogue in Los Angeles. And brings and... Alabama's chicken, of course, as one does when one goes to see the rabbi. <laughs> right. Uh, he goes to see Rabbi Stein. I don't know if Rabbi Stein is really the rabbi at the University Synagogue. This might be an actress. Um, <laughs> might be, yeah. And while he's waiting, you know, as you said, he's having his uh, Palestinian chicken and a Coke in the reception area. And Rabbi tells him, come on in. Don't worry. Bring your lunch with you. It's fine. Reception um, is not so cool with it, though. Yeah. And then, like, you know, she sees I have where... to tell you, that receptionist was brilliant casting. She is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She is, she is it. I don't think it was cast. I think she's it's just brilliant. I love that woman. My cousin in Montreal works a lot in the Hasidic community. She goes, oh, I know that woman. <laughs> I see her at every front desk. It's to her, you know? Right. Brilliant casting. Brilliant. That's yeah, amazing. I'm looking her up now. That's funny. That woman is just priceless. Yeah. The silent judge. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. You just... <laughs> Yeah, so um, Larry is, you know, he's eating, he's talking, he's telling the rabbi, you know, listen, I know we have some problems with these people, but they sure know what they're doing chicken-wise. They make a pretty strong bird. Strong bird. Great sidefold reference. Uh, that's um, a mean bird, isn't it? Uh, I think it's a strong bird. Oh, it's a strong bird for Kenny? I think so. Um, yeah, that's another that's another Seinfeld thing with, you know, the idea of someone uh, being so uh, addicted to a specific certain chicken restaurant that like damn the consequences. Uh, yeah, damn the consequences and yeah. whatever. However much it overtakes the other parts of their life. Um, so the rabbi says, you know, it's fine to eat it. Just keep that chicken away from me no matter what. Uh, but then we see some time has passed. The secretary comes in to check up on them and they're arguing and wrestling over the chicken, much like the uh, chocolate cake earlier. Um, yeah, and we have a, we have a, f- a further dispute over uh, the ownership of Palestinian chicken. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's the day of the big golf tournament, which has, the whole episode has been leading to, and Marty's there, and he's playing great. So obviously, you know what you know the the Judaism is not interfering with the golf game. Um, and he wants to know how were you able to convince uh, Rabbi Stein? And he says, "Listen, we uh, we made a trade." Um, he traded, uh, I guess he traded not peace for lands, but chicken for golf for, for a waiver for golf. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Israelis, Palestinians take note, maybe a different formula, chicken for golf might be a better way to go. That's the key to peace. Or at least that's a, or at least maybe that's a good place to start. <laughs> Do that. See how it goes. Yeah. Then we could tell. Yeah. Then maybe move on to other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, Eddie comes on over and he's like, hey, great news. The other team that was like right behind us, like they just completely imploded on the last hole. Like we have it wrapped up. We just basically need to like just, you know, finish out this hole, you know, normally and we're, we're done. Uh, we're going to win. Um, so uh, Larry's uh, getting set to line up what I guess is going to be his final part of the day, um, you know, to help uh, seal the win. And Susie's taking a sip of water on the golf course, which, first of all, like, aren't you so like, you're, you need to be like really quiet on a golf course, right? Like, yeah, that's like, it. The, the crazy part about like Larry was a good social assassin. I thought the first time and, and, and I guess the, it got messed up anyways, the hit this time he does bungle the hit like, you know, he's going to go to her and she's going to say, why would you say this? You wouldn't interrupt your shot. There's an easy answer. You're odd distracted my shot. Like, that's the easy answer here. Right. Yeah. You, you make an um, all like that when Tiger Woods is putting, you know, you're never allowed back in a golf course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Larry's going to go over and say something. Um, let's see how that goes for him. Hmm. Going on. What? I gotta tell you something, you know. 
Every time you take a sip, yeah. you make this noise. <sighs> enjoying it. Yeah. Kind of annoying. <laughs> Why are you saying this to me? What are you talking about? Jeff didn't put you up to this? Well, why are you saying that? Of course not. Because you're not just going to interrupt your shot and come over and say something to me unless Jeff put you up to it. No, he didn't put me up to it. Jeff, did you say something? I said nothing. Every little thing I do annoys. You know what? What what about when you're eating and you're shoving your fat fucking face? (laughs) Do I ever say a word? Do I ever say You know what? Fuck you. Don't come home tonight, okay? I'm sick of your bullshit. bullshit. He didn't say it. It was me. I, I told Larry to tell you. You told, well, why would he say something? I don't believe you. Because I told him if he didn't tell you that I'd say something about Eddie and Eileen having an affair. What? <laughs> Eddie and Eileen having an affair? What? You're fucking my husband? Shit. What, Eileen, are you serious? This is fucking ridiculous. This is how you treat a friend? Are you fucking kidding me? LOL, honey. LOL, fuck you. You don't want fuck this whole thing. I'm you sorry. Don't... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I... I'm so sorry, honey. Where are you going? We got one hole left. Fuck this game. It's a lock. One hole. Come back. Come back. Come back. I love that. Oh, LOL, honey. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He perfectly does a guy who just like yeah. is like breaking down, but like doesn't have like does, like what you're saying makes no sense. Why are you saying LOL? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LOL. He's just like, LOL. he's just like, he's just lashing out. Yeah. It's perfectly oh, done. There's the tension there. Um, yeah, like this, this scene is like so rough. Um, like to me, it's like the embarrassment is like worse than like the crime. Like, just, yeah, like it's in front of me. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a humiliating way to learn. Yeah. Feel bad for her. I was actually on the transport on the bus with Larry and we realized we're both in the episode, obviously, and nobody knows what's going on. Everybody has different storylines. So I was like, you know, you tell me what you're doing and I'll tell you what I'm doing and maybe we can piece this puzzle together, you know? <laughs> that's funny. That's how we were kind of finding out what's happening. I still hadn't linked it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, with that information, it's hard to necessarily see how the dots connect until you see the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like Sammy definitely could have handled this better. I mean, like, she could have, like, easily just, like, said, like, oh, well, like, you know, I I thought you would get mad at me if I said something. And he's also noticed it. And I said, can you say something? And he's like, yeah, what the hell? I'm Larry. Yeah, Sammy's 15 years old and she doesn't want her parents to get divorced. So that's all she's thinking about here. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I feel like she has no loyalty. Why does she need to have loyalty to Eddie and I? she doesn't care about them right i guess yeah. yeah i mean it's still like you know you don't necessarily want to be the one who like outed their affair to the whole neighborhood yeah. uh but fine um yeah whatever okay you know just just a small nitpick um so um yeah so it's the uh it's the day of the big protest and uh larry's uh in his car and uh waiting in traffic and he doesn't know what's going on and a uh, a cop who is uh, turns out to be Scott Ackerman of the uh, comedy Bang Bang. Uh, yeah, very random appearance by Scott Ackerman here. Yeah, I guess he wasn't quite yet big. I don't know. I don't know his timeline. Like, yeah, pretty- well, this is, yeah, but it, yeah, he doesn't strike me as a, as a police officer. But he, listen, you get you get on curb, you got to be taken. That's pretty cool, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, I really loved um, the analyze fish. Was that yeah? Is that what it was called with, uh, yeah. with Harris Whittles? Yeah, uh, awesome, awesome podcast. Yeah, good podcast. Um, yeah, so he's like, hey, yeah, you know, we're rerouting traffic because there's this protest rally, uh, you know, regarding the issue of the, the location of the new Palestinian chicken place. <laughs> um, so Larry, for some reason, I guess he like parks his car and decides to just get out on foot somewhere. Now, it's and, unclear. Uh, what was Larry, was Larry coming for chicken or protest? Well, I guess uh, he, maybe it was going to be a last minute decision. He was going. Uh, it was a live tribal. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be making my decision at tribal council. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so yeah, so Larry, uh, Larry's on foot, and uh, let's see uh, how this episode ends. The clock stops here. <laughs> Just absolutely one of the most iconic uh, yeah. scenes in all of Curb. Um, on like multiple levels, just like the very end is like one of the most common Curb gifs that you'll see of like that, like deliberating both sides. Um, just like yeah, the whole thing caught in between the two crowds. Um, it's just all unbelievable. Yeah, but how is this even a question for Larry? Sleep with a beautiful woman or hang out with yeah. your obnoxious friend? Like- Larry doesn't care about uh, this restaurant and Greenblatt's Deli or whatever the hell it is. Right. Also, the plus of going with the Palestinians is you get the amazing chicken all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I never thought that sister thing would be, like, so remembered. People still ask. You guys ask, is that the sister? Because I remember (laughs) when we were going to shoot it, Larry was like, let's run this. So he would look at Funkhauser or Susie and be like, what are you going to say? Like, you're a Jew. Come with us. Uh, and then he looks at me and I was like, I'll give you anything you want. And then they came back with something stronger. And he's like, and he looks at me and I was like, I, I really didn't know. I was like, I have a sister. He's like, good. You know, Shara's a pervert. I, I got to say, is, like, that, is this a regular thing Shara is doing? Like her and her sister, Jasmine, or just like having threesomes all over? I, I literally just improvised that. And he's like, good. And then he's like, uh, and then he's like, on the next one, tell me what her name is. What's her name? I was like, I don't fucking know. He's like, Yasmin. Let's call her Yasmin. I was like, fine. Her name is Yasmin. And that's what, how we went with it, you know? But it's interesting because a lot of people remember that specific one as a as an inducing line you know to get i'm gonna guess uh and i'm gonna guess it's exclusively uh heterosexual men who remember quote that line to you yeah 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 they're they're kind of like yeah the sister sister do you have a sister i was like no that's just something i came up with like that it would you know like you know how would i get him to leave the jews oh (laughs) double the fun i have a sister yeah you know Mm. me alone is he's still kind of eh but maybe if i put two of us He'll like leave them and come over. That was my whole thing behind it. And, you know, yeah, heterosexual, clearly. I think the lesson we learned, though, is Shara is uh, quite perverted because, you know, wants to sleep with her sister. She's, according to Larry, she's the most fantastic lover that, you know, he's ever had. I feel like, um, you know, I don't mean to be too forward, but uh, Shara is an extremely beautiful woman. And I imagine anyone in that restaurant would be interested in her. If she, if she needs a Jew, she could find another one in Hollywood. So to be interested in Larry David is, is a strange kink. Because she's not in it for his money. She's just in it for the Judaism. <laughs> I mean, but also, like, it really falls in line with Shara and the character because the whole the whole character is basically like, how can I make do defect? 
you know, and, and yeah, what's the number right. one weakness of straight men? Sex. They're going to yeah. think with that instead of this. So uh, my go-to was always something, was just sex. That's all it was, it was about. Like, you know, it's not going to be like, well, my intellect or my political views. Like, <laughs> what do I have that he doesn't have? Boobs. Yeah. And let's just go with the boobs for the episode. That's it. Shara, yeah. Shara, Shara knows all about displaced peoples, and she knows that the penis wants to go to its homeland. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Other things I just absolutely love about um, that scene, the the music, that's like my favorite curb. I don't even you know, know what the word is. Do you know that the jingle? Do you know that jingle? No, but that dun 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 It's my favorite oh, curb music. That. I thought you were talking about the curb. Jingle. Oh, the end one. No, but sure, tell us. A st- I don't, I'm not sure I know that story. Go ahead. Well, when Larry started doing the first one, the very first curb stuff, and they were kind of doing it like a documentary type, they weren't sure of the full whatever, he actually heard that jingle, the curb jingle, on the radio, on the on TV for a regional bank in California. Oh, okay. This is Radio Bell now. It. Yeah. And he called his assistant and he said, "Get me the rights to that song, to that jingle." And that's he told it. Ant- he told Antoinette to Google it and uh, see what he could find. <laughs> find out, and then found out. Yeah, it, it was on a commercial for a regional bank in California. Da, 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 which I don't see it for a bank. Is that you know? Because it's so. Yeah, well, although, now it's curb in our heads. Yeah, it's just right. so curb. You just associate it with like cringe what or. Why to be serious with a jingle like that? Yeah, that's yeah, true. It, it, like, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna. Open Are you gonna be jingle. casual with my money? To quote uh, yeah. Ed Asner. Yeah. You know, I just I didn't see it. I can't see it. I wish I'd seen that commercial for the bank. But that's where Larry, you know, he happened to see it on the on TV. Yeah. Also, there's another thing that the way that Shara says, you know, you can have me anytime you want. It really reminds me of. Do you guys remember the movie Cruel Intentions? They, yeah. I don't remember. It. I mean, it's, I remember. This, it. I yeah. feel like that was a pivotal movie when I was like a 15 year old boy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so Sarah Michelle Geller says to Ryan Felipe, "I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married." Be more specific. In English. I'll fuck your brains out. What makes you think I'd go for that bet? That's a 1956 Jaguar Roadster. Because I'm the only person you can't have and it kills you. No way. You can put it anywhere. She says to him, you can put it anywhere. And she says it with sort of the same voice that Ashara is talking to Larry here. So I think mine was more desperate yelling across yeah. the lines, you know, with the placards. Yeah. There's certain things uh, when you watch it as a 14-year-old boy, it never exits your head. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the uh, the signs in this scene are great. You pointed one out. You said yeah. uh, the clock stops, stops here. Um, some 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 other. Yeah, we see, we on the Jewish side. We see no terrorist chicken. We see let yeah, my deli go. Uh, my favorite one. My my favorite one was was uh, if you give them a leg, they'll take a thigh. Yes, that, <laughs> that was my favorite. That, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then on the Palestinian side, we got peace through superior chicken. <laughs> All right, don't, uh, but that that's a good message, honestly. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't occupy this block. And my favorite on their side was you took our land. Now give us our chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just a, a fantastic scene. Let's jump to the ratings for this episode. Ob, do you want to go first? 
Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, listen, uh, Palestinian chicken, completely elite, iconic episode of Curb. Um, it's as transgressive as it is hilarious. Um, and like, it really has like this like central focus of Larry's identity, like this conflict of like his id and like his base desires for great sex, delicious chicken. Um, and like, you know, weighing that against like the part of his persona that like wants to know, you know, somewhat behaved by social mores is like tethered by, you know, by tribalism, by his friendships. He wants to be on the right side of things. Uh, that's like really what the show gets down to. And like this, I think is like the most like hilarious, like extreme example where it really puts that on display. And like, we see Larry like floating between these two worlds. Um, and like, obviously, you know, at the very end, he's gonna have to make a choice. And I think we all know which choice he's going to make. Um, but like on top of that, like if that wasn't enough, like this episode has like multiple like classic curb, like, cons like the verbal texting the co-faxing um and like most of all the social assassin which we talked about before yeah. it's like that's like the essence of larry's character and it's like a, a, a phrase not it's not the essence but like it's a big part of like gets down into like the nitty-gritty of like what you can do with a larry david in your life um i read a thing that like alan dershowitz so who i guess was a different person back then but um he sent an episode of this to bb netanyahu we said like a bunch of weeks ago yeah. we should have uh we should have bb netanyahu on the podcast and that didn't work out so oh because he's unemployed now yeah yeah <laughs> right we thought we thought he would be freed up yeah. um um, and uh, he said, like, maybe you should watch it together. And he said, you know, um, you know, maybe if they can watch this together and laugh together, they can, you know, start get, to get things going. Uh, Wait, Dershowitz yeah. said this to Netanyahu seriously? This is what I yeah. saw. Yeah, it was, just, it was in like, the newspaper. <laughs> That's amazing. He came to Alan Dershowitz and then Dershowitz. Yeah, you say he was a different person, and it seems like he was already in early onset dementia at that point. If that was his idea for Peace in the Middle East. Watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, so you know, I'm, you know, in that vein, uh, in, in the in the name of this great episode, we could all hope that one day Israelis and Palestinians will, you know, figure things out and choose to have great sex and eat delicious chicken together instead, because that's a better way to go. Yeah. Uh, this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Full five pretties. It is my number two overall episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm after uh, last season's The Table Read. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'll say the total collection of guest stars on this episode might be my favorite of the series. Dynamite cast, you mentioned the social assassin thing. We get that incredible debutante appearance of Sammy. Um, fuck me like Israel fucks my country. Labe, son of Nat, all of this. Look, I've been accused on another podcast uh, by, uh, by other guests of being biased towards storylines that feature Judaism, sex, and sports. Uh-huh. And of no course, sports here. Well, no sports. There's a golf Oh, there is sports. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This episode is chock full of yeah, all three sorry. of them. But – Again, I, I'm not, you know, it's that it's not, I'm not putting a bias here. You know, my extraordinarily high ranking of this episode, I'm just following the crowd. You have it number two all time. Ranker um, has this number one all time. Vulture has this number one all time. IMDb has it number two. Episode Ninja, Screen Rant, Gold Derby, Greek, every ranking basically has it in the top four. The Ringer hates this episode. The Ringer, the lowest rating on this episode, down at six. So, I mean, this is by a healthy margin, the top ranked episode of Curb Ever. And I have to agree, this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Five stars, perfect television. Um, of the 74 episodes we've seen so far, overall, uh, like you have, I will rank it number two. I have The Survivor just a smidge ahead of it. Um, but to me, there's like five, um, you know, th- there's five elite episodes we've seen so far. And it's, it's those two. And then um, uh, Palestinian Chicken, of course, Survivor, uh, The Ski Lift, Carpool Lane, Crazy Eyes Killer. Those are my top five for sure. Just an incredible episode. You know, we don't get any Leon and we don't even like usually every time there's been a Leon list episode the last couple of seasons, I'm like, you know, this episode would have been a little better with that with, with Leon and I'm docking at half a point or a point. 
I didn't think about him once the entire time watching this episode, which is like how incredible it is. Cause obviously JB smooth, you know, always brings the ruckus. So um, definitely five stars to me, five pretties. And, uh, and what about you? <laughs> five stars. Number one, it's the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have to say, I have a few favorite too. I mean, survivor, yeah. carpool, rain, yeah. um, crazy eyes. I mean, I've had a few of my favorites and the ski lift. Yep, that's my time. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. a few yeah. really favorites, but I have. Yeah, we just we just had uh, we just had Iris Barr on a couple weeks ago. We did an episode with her. Oh, really? She's the woman who played Rachel Heineman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there's a few that I just I absolutely love, and I, I I remember talking about them before I even came out to LA audition, especially the carpool lane and the you know the whole father, the mother in the hospital, the mother died, and they buried her on the bad side where the bad Jews are buried. <laughs> yeah. with the, tattoo on her ass or something it was just it's just brilliant you know yeah I just amazing yeah. yeah we should we should have ed we should have had ed on the uh the episode about jewishness on curb your enthusiasm she's yeah. uh, all over those episodes uh yeah yeah maybe we'll uh we'll uh we'll do like a uh, cross-disciplinary episode one time and uh bring everyone back yeah Let's get to the come with guy or gal. Um, I'll go first here. I don't think it's going to be too much of a competition here. Uh, Shara offers to fuck the Jew out of Larry and wins the heart of every heterosexual Jewish man on earth. Uh, she is the come with gal in this episode without a question. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree. Um, I mean, Shara, she's an, she's an entrepreneur. She owns her yes. own restaurant. That's yes. now, now expanding to a second. If the, only those uh, Jews will get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they make amazing chicken. Yeah. Uh, like to the point that like, Jeff and Larry and are like basically like potentially throwing away their social lives to eat this chicken. Yeah. Um, as you just said, she's the best sex Larry's ever had. Um, and like, and well, Larry's had some good had, sex, I think, right? He's had some good sex. I mean, now, he was Cheryl, married to Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl's Cheryl not great. Not good, we, yeah. We believe, <laughs> Disgust, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she thinks having sex during the day is kinky. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, she, you know, she fucks the two out of him. Um, and yeah, it never hurts to come on the podcast if you want to like lobby to be the come with guy or gal. So like, you know, we'll always put that out there. So yeah, obviously Shara is the come with she was gal taking here. it anyway, but yeah. Oh, wait, I don't mean to go back, but I have to say another great episode from the get-go, Beloved Cunt. Yes, yes, yes. That, that really puts the show on, on you know, get, grabs people's attention because that's season two. And so right away, it's like, oh, yeah, this is where we're yeah. going with the show. Yeah, we, we, Alex recently was like going through our archives and realized that we did a very insufficient episode of uh, Beloved Ant. It was only like 26 minutes. Oh. That was the shortest was like, right, of our podcast. Yeah, by far. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah, maybe, uh, you know, yeah, on the second round, we'll uh, we'll do yeah. a longer version. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, so Shara, uh, Shara, Anne, uh, who is your come with guy or gal? I think it would be my character, definitely Shara. I I am biased, but still, I think in all honesty, Shara was like the most iconic of her, like, what's his face was saying that too. Um, Richard Lewis? Yes. Oh, sorry. He actually tweeted, it was the most iconic guest star ever for for the show. He was just Richard. Richard said that about you. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty great. Okay, yes, so uh, Shara sweeps it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the, the, the who's the biggest fucking asshole in this episode. This one, I think, is going to be a little more competitive than the previous award. Yeah, there, there there's are a lot of candidates. adultery. There's a lot of bigotry. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Uh, to me, I'm going to go with Maggie Wheeler's Eileen uh, Salatarov. 
She treats her husband like complete shit. She fights with him in public. She embarrasses herself as well, I think, when she does that. Listen, uh, folks, if you're in a couple, never fight in public. It looks bad for both of you. And this is before we realize she's an adulterer. Um, you know, Larry Miller's Eddie Kravitz is just as bad, but at least he has a good sense of humor and he's nice to his wife in public. Eileen has zero redeeming qualities. So I say to you, Eileen, LOL, you're the fucking asshole. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, there are a lot of good candidates in this episode, so it's a shame to uh, to pile on the same person, but I think she kind of deserves it, just the way she <laughs> preys on her husband like Susie's twin sister. Um, then goes off, heats with her uh, with her husband's golf buddy, and as you said, all of that pales in comparison to the verbal texting. Um, just laugh. It's easy to laugh. It's fun to laugh. Yeah. You don't say LOL. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Eileen, you're the fucking asshole. Yeah, and who do you think is the biggest asshole in this episode? <laughs> typical to blame the woman actually said cheating on her husband's husband it's the husband it's yeah the no. oh eddie's just as bad asshole. no it's you're larry. right oh larry he could sit down and break bread with his friend while he's fucking his wife he could show up on a <laughs> golf course while he's fucking his wife he could take her to a restaurant just because he hears he can get away with it and fuck his friend's wife and he doesn't give a fuck and he's not sorry one fucking bit He's the biggest asshole in all of this. Fair. And he wants Larry and all his friends to fucking lie for him and cover up for him. He's the asshole. That's Fair. a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's involving oh. Larry David in his lies. Yeah, that, and that, you made a very persuasive argument there. <laughs> <laughs> They're both bad. Yeah, I think he was the yeah. biggest asshole. <laughs> They're both bad. I mean, I mean but I, I think we could all agree that LOL is worse than either of those things. Sure, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it, uh, between adultery, racism, and saying LOL, that's by far the worst thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah. <laughs> I, under, like, I understand racism and sex. Like, like, it's like, it's innate. Like, you know, it's in our id. Like, LOL, wait, what is that? Who, why do you don't do that? Just laugh. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> the world's oldest bigotry, saying LOL. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, Anne, um, I think we're going to let you go. Um, is there any, uh, any final thoughts, anything uh, you wanted to share with us before you head out? No, that's that's about it. I think I think we're good. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making an iconic episode of television for all yeah. of us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, and this was so fun. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll be in touch very soon. Okay, bye. Right, thank you. Have a good night. And uh, good nice. luck with the dog. Dog, right? Cat. Oh, cat. Cat. Okay, new cat. All right, sorry. Bye. Like Dr. Bye-bye. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> yes. Um, Whoops, got the wrong animal there. I'm a dog person over a cat person, so. But um, yeah, I'm an I'm an either person. All right, let's go. Uh, is it time to go to the postman now? It's time to go to the postman. Postman, postman, come here. Tell the neighborhood. What a shanda, Larry. Larry David. you are a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! The first thing we always try to say in The Postman is that you should go to uh, Apple, iTunes, and rate and review our podcast and write something nice about the podcast. Like, for example, um, some people have been saying how, you know, we're really funny and we're really great and we tell good stories. So, like, write something like that. That's, like, a good thing to write. Because uh, I think, like, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, I'll check out this podcast. Um, yeah. Like, don't write, don't write something like... Um, those two guys, like, they're so boring and, like, they break down curb like it's, like, something amazing, but it's just, like, a comedy. Like, don't be, like, I'm like, no, like, no, that's the show. That's the show. Yeah. Like, don't don't like, be Danny. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, if that's not what you're interested in, like, I get it. But like, yeah, yeah. definitely don't listen to this podcast. If you've ever down. laughed listening to this podcast, just give us five stars and write LOL. We'll get it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fine, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not as good as like saying like, these are great guys. They're really funny. Like, write a nice message. Yeah. Um, and but like either way, we'll read it on the podcast, whether you write like nice message or they're boring. Don't bother. Mm. Um, we'll read it either way. But like we would prefer if you did the nice version. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So on to the postman. And first email this week is from Michael J. Clark, uh, who last we saw guesting on Officer Krupke. Uh, last time he, we heard from him, he was singing. This time he's writing. And he says, a great episode, a really strong season. Sammy becoming her mother's daughter makes me LOL. The fuck man is fantastic. And the end scene is one of the best, reminiscent of the season one pre-DeVito Always Sunny episode, where Dennis tries to cross the line between a pro-life, pro-choice protest. Yes, I remember that. That was very funny. Yeah. Uh, he's like, keeps going because like he's deciding, he's like evaluating which has like better uh women to yes uh, to, to which is up. not unlike what jerry what larry's doing here which is why it's no contest it's susie against Char. <laughs> uh yeah um he like says Anne is looking incredible uh what is a decade later she's i mean maybe i should edit that out i don't know um, very attractive. Yeah, she, she's a very nice looking woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come with guy is Jeff intros the idea of social assassin and goes to Alabas with Larry. And he says the fucking asshole is Larry Miller. So yeah, she, he is with, uh, he is with Anne. Um, and, uh, he gives the episode four pretties out of five. Only four. Wow. Only four. Uh, next up is Raj Krishnan, who uh, gives the episode 3.5 out of 5 pretties. And he says, good episode with some good comedic moments, especially with the social assassin. Interestingly, Larry has always been one right from season one. Um, he, oh, sorry. He, um, he said Larry has been a social assassin all the way back since season one. But I think he's only getting recognition now. Well, now as in season eight, which was years ago. Um, I didn't care much for the whole Muslim sexual thing with that lady, but I understand what he's getting at at the end of the episode where he has to choose between the Jews and the Muslim woman. Um, Palestinian woman specifically. Um, yeah. Asshole candidates. Um, he says, uh, Sammy, definitely due to the blackmailing of Larry and lack of respect for elders, all because of some stupid smacking of her mom's lips when drinking Coke. Other candidates for asshole include Funkman and the cheating spouse. Next email is from Joshua Schmitz. Who says, hello, gentlemen, fantastic episode. Certainly the best of the season so far, maybe the best of the series. This episode has everything. Pink Funk Man, Angry Susie, Emasculated Jews, a great cast of guest stars, and a cohesive storyline. What more could you want from Curb? Maybe some Leon, but who knows where he could even fit in. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, you could have had Duberstein show up. for uh, Duberstein, for sure, is going with the Palestinian chicken. Like, that guy is not, you know, side, you know siding with his people over the chicken. Like, he knows where it's at. Yes. Um, uh, the episode holds up after multiple viewings and is an instant classic. Fucking asshole is Eileen. She has poor Ron's balls in her pocket and then has the gall to cheat on him. Terrible spouse. Worst human being. Uh, the come with gal is Shara for obvious reasons. Uh, episode rating is pretty, 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 pretty good. Five pretties out of five. Uh, we, now go, appropriate rating. we now go to Mr. Jim Crumley, who says the Palestinian chicken is a strong episode overall with some great lines, awkward moments and plots that come together nicely. 4.5 pretties come with guy is Shara. She puts aside her prejudice to bed an old bold guy and the fucking <laughs> asshole is Sammy. She hires a social assassin, but then blows up his cover. Not cool. Uh, all right. Next is following Jim Crumley, as always, his nemesis, Jared Jerome. Um, hold your horses here. 
So I think I am going to be much lower than most on this episode. I know it's beloved and I get why. It has memorable moments like the Palestinian sex scene and Jeff's brilliant moniker, the social assassin. It's a gusty, it's a gutsy, ostentatious episode that has fooled the masses, but not me. The episode actually reminded me of a Seinfeld episode, season five, episode 16, The Stand-In, where they brought in a whole bunch of new characters just to fill the necessary plot lines, but who had no prior history or meaning to the series and were clearly just plants to further a story in an unnatural way. There you had Fulton and Al Nesh and Phil Totola and Daphne and freaking Pachyderm. I don't know if these are the real people's names or the Jared nicknames. I assume Daphne is the woman from <laughs> Frasier. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> is it? No, no she that- was. She's the virgin, right? Yeah, that's, that's, who that's who she plays. Yeah, yeah. that's what he means. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I, I never know who he's talking about. Um, here you have Eddie and Eileen and Juliet and Ron, and they were all there to make the plot work. That's not the writing I expect from Curb. Diverging plot lines have to come together naturally. And if it's forced, it's going to be docs and pretties. That's just the way it's got to be. Uh, for his Seinfeld connections, he says, Eddie is played by Larry Miller, who played the last follow me challenge, Doorman, in season six, episode 18, The Doorman. And of course, was very close friends with Jerry when they were casting the show and almost got the role of George. Um, so yeah, so um, Jared is confirming Alex's story from earlier. Um, the second Seinfeld connection is Larry telling Jeff how people want what they can't have is the chicken place is referenced to the attractive Palestinian woman potentially wanting him brings to mind George being madly in love with Jody the masseuse in season five episode nine the masseuse she hated him so much she was irresistible. Uh, number three, Larry not letting Juliet have the cake no matter what was acted out in almost the exact same way as Kramer not allowing Rachel to have the lobster in season five twenty two in the Hamptons only Rachel thought. Only Rachel thanked her hero later on. Um, yeah, um, and they're they're um, you know not not being allowed to have the food because it's kosher here. The the Palestinian chicken is uh, probably also not kosher, but also uh, politically charged. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, there's there are nuances obviously between different foods in the Middle East, but ultimately they're all very very similar, and they're all very very all delicious. Very yeah. yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's different some different ingredients, but they all fix yeah. are mostly the same you want to spices. Call it is- Israeli chicken or Palestinian chicken or Arab chicken or you know or, or hummus or falafel or all these things. They're all very good. And yeah, one chicken for two everyone people. can enjoy all the b- delicious food. Or two chickens for two people. This is the this is the dilemma that no one can figure out yes. which way it should be. It's, you know, how many chickens do we need? It's hard <laughs> to split. It's hard to split up the chicken. Um, yeah, so then he goes on to say, uh, number four, Eileen, played by Maggie Wheeler from The Fix Up. Uh, she retained her pinkish shoe, but the rosy glow was nowhere to be found. Number five, throughout the episode, uh, Larry's eternal struggle between sex and Judaism is reminiscent of Jerry's internal battle between the penis and the brain in season three, episode nine, The Nose Job. Yeah, also, also in that episode, you have Jerry begging Kramer to throw out his hot girlfriend with a horrible personality's number, telling Kramer not to give it back under any circumstances. Later, Jerry begs to have it up but back, but Kramer stays strong, just like the interaction between Juliet and Larry and yeah. Kramer and Rachel, as mentioned. As we've established before, Larry is Jerry, Larry is George, Larry is Kramer. Yeah. The only one he's not um, is Elaine so much. Yeah. When in need of willpower, trust Kramer. He is your friend. Hmm. Um, no yeah, we said also, uh, we talked about the switch. We talked about the chicken roaster. Um, and when curb runs long enough, you start to get curb connections. When Larry is stuck between the Palestinian and Jewish sides of the protests, it's just like when he was stuck between the Christians and the Jews in season two, episode nine, the baptism, as we said as well. And he gives his come with guy. Let's give it to funk in back to back weeks. He was brave enough to acknowledge his midlife crisis and turn it into religious growth and then not back down from his newfound beliefs, no matter what. <laughs> 
He <laughs> wears his yarmulke proudly, even if he has to go into a Jew-hating chicken joint where his life could be at stake. He listens to his rabbi, even if his golf game is at stake. He even breaks into Larry's house and doesn't cock-block him, despite the anti-Semitic sex cries from the bedroom. Even Funk has his limits and knows never to interfere with sex. Sure, he's not funny anymore and maybe a little radical, but the Funk man has standards, he has morals, and that's all you can ask from a come-with guy. The asshole of the week. He says people are engaging in immoral, Morris acts all over this episode. Yeah, I'm still in shock. But, that he, he would give it to somebody other than Shara. But um, yeah, um, none of that reaches the level of the behavior of one Sammy Green, who awkwardly attends an adult party, blackmails Larry into socially assassinating her mother, ruins a five man golf team's chance at gold, and in the process blows up Eddie and Irene's spot, becoming the final straw that broke the camel's back on a good old fashioned home wrecking. And all this because her lovely mother enjoys a good beverage. See a Sammy and come back in another five years. All right. So Sammy Green getting a lot of uh, a lot of love. I guess a lot of hate in the mailbag from the postman. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, for his ranking. All right. Um, if you think, uh, not choosing Shara was surprising, this is going to knock your socks off. If he says, as I said at the outset, this episode is memorable and ballsy. So it gets points for that, but it's just not quality writing. It's not the curb genius I've come to expect without the seminal moments. It would be bad, but because of its trend setting appeal, I'll rank it 50th of the 73 episodes so far. Gathering a score of pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's two and a half pretties and two and a half no pretties. People will love this, but those are the same people who have the soup Nazi as their favorite episode of Seinfeld. You know, sickies. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. So what I'll say, I mean, I think Gary does raise a fair criticism of the episode insofar as using new characters to, like, tell a lot of the story and do a lot of the work here. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. And I think it's reasonable to dock it for that. Um, but well, like, to me, like the, the maximum bad? docking for that is like a point, like fine. Like, okay. So it's not a perfect episode. 50, if that, if yeah. you want to say that, um, I, that's a really know, hot I, take. I think that if this episode doesn't make you crack up from beginning to end and like, as he says, you know, memorable and ballsy, it's like so transgressive. It's like, so like waiting into places it shouldn't be for no good reason other than just of like how awesome of an episode they pulled off and just hilarity. And actually, you know, somewhat having something to say, maybe having something to say, but at least like touching out to some hot button issues. Um, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's not a score I agree with, but uh, there's, a, you know, listen, there's a word for people who uh, don't love this episode. What is the word? Sickies. Sickies. Ah. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, both sides, uh, some both sides is going on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. A few more. We next have yeah, William Blake. cleanser after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will and I need a desert referee. LOL. Sorry. I'm going to read desert. that again. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's try that again. As you said desert. I'm like, what's going on? Is this like a Palestine reference? I didn't know no. where we were going there. It's late. It's late. Yeah. Dessert's the one with two S's because you always want more. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, whatever. Uh, it's late. All right. <laughs> I know. I have a lot of mistakes tonight. Kind of more, a lot of edits for off tonight. All good. Um, hey, Alex and Av. My name is Will and I need a desert. Oh, my God. <laughs> now it's staying in. <laughs> Listen, give Will a desert for God's sakes. <laughs> Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I need a dessert referee. Ooh, LOL. <laughs> LOL, LOL, indeed. Yeah. Uh, now let us all LOL at Av. <laughs> Let's all have an, an LOL. Let's all have a chew. Yeah. Um, I love Larry fully stepping into his role as a social assassin. Come with Guy Larry. This man is just trying to broker peace through chicken and hate sex. What more could you ask from a person? Fucking asshole is Eileen. The affair was a two-person job, but the LOLs are all hers. Larry was right here. That's very good. Well said. Um, 
And finally, he gives the episode five pretty out of five, a top five episode easily. Marty reestablishes his place in the show pantheon here. Mm, yes. Good job by Marty. Um, uh, we're two hours into the podcast. Stop. I feel like it's safe to ask you this now. Uh, not that I was hiding before. I just thought of it right now. Who would be your, you know, so Shara is, uh, is hate fucking Larry, as, as Will just uh, so succinctly put it. Uh, who would be your number one hate fuck? <laughs> um honestly like i don't think i have that like like that doesn't desire? appeal to me yeah i don't oh. have that desire like the like, i don't want to like i don't want to have sex when i'm angry <laughs> i think i want to have sex under all emotions but <laughs> yeah like that that doesn't resonate for me it doesn't appeal to me yeah all right yeah, okay I, we can move along like obviously i know it's a thing but it's yeah, yeah. not my thing um why do you have a what what's obviously you asked the question no, I, so. I, I don't have a specific one um um maybe uh what's her name uh the one who went to Harvard, she was uh, the spokes, uh, Kath, uh, what's her name? K- Kathleen Engel. She was Trump's, uh, the White House spokesperson, the, the last Oh, one. Uh, Kelly, no, not Kellyanne, um, yeah. Katie, whatever, yeah. Ka- yeah. Kaylee, Kaylee McKenney. Kylie, yeah, something like that, yeah. Isn't she married <laughs> to a baseball player, something like that? Probably. Yeah. Tammy Laren, maybe she's another one. I don't know. She's, too stu- <laughs> she's too stupid, though. The, the, the first one is at least presumably intelligent, and so, which makes you hate her more because she's just a liar. Um, you know, this Tammy might be just be a moron for all I know. Yeah, so Kylie. Is she Tammy or is she Tommy? It's with an O. I don't I know it what Tommy. it is. I, I'm, I don't know these people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know these people. Either. Who are these people? <laughs> Who are? Uh, okay. Uh, next email is from Zach Brooks, who says, redo the Jewish moments on Curb Podcast. <laughs> yeah, frankly, yeah. Um, had we known um, what a uh, Judaism expert we had on our hands, we would have uh, involved her in the uh, Jewishness on Curb Podcast. That would have been yeah. Awesome. Now, we intentionally did not discuss things from future, like from later seasons episodes when we right. did that podcast. Yeah. So we right. knew we were missing that, but we didn't know we were missing such a great guest also. Yeah, like it wouldn't have occurred she's to me like, that. She's like, like uh, I know Anna Bakoa. Like, what? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> uh, like obscure Jewish texts. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it wouldn't have occurred to me that a uh, Canadian slash Armenian woman um, would, would be able to just like recite many different Jewish prayers and blessings. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I so mean, the, Brooks- the most Jewish person in Congress is, uh, is an African-American from New Jersey, a former football player. So, you know. <laughs> Cory Booker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's crazy. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's a big Jew. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like I've he gives better deep break Torah than like most rabbis. Yeah, yeah. well, I yeah. mean, he's a senator, but so yeah, it's like when you combine like those superpowers with just like this bizarrely yeah. deep uh, knowledge of like Judaism and Jewish law and yeah. Jewish tradition. Um, yeah, you got a great result. He would be a great pulpit rabbi. Yeah, or president maybe he, one day. Honestly, he could probably he would probably make more money or as a pulpit rabbi than. Um, he's making, oh yeah, he's, he's probably making a lot of money as a senator. Well, I mean, you technically have to be Jewish, I think, to be a rabbi, so he'd probably have to finish the conversion. You know what? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, just like his, <laughs> yes, his, yes, yes. Like his package. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, I always thought he was going to have a much better chance when he ran for president because he's such a dynamic speaker like that. Um, maybe I agree. His, his <laughs> I, was the, I, I was like, I was in shock that his campaign never got more traction than it did. I thought, I, I've always thought he was so appealing, but I guess I'm just, you know, I'm wrong. And I think Hillary couldn't make him vice president candidate in 2016 because I mean, I'm not saying that she would have anyways, but I this think is, because this is... it was a Republican. Yeah. OK, let's stop talking about this. No, it's fine. I don't yeah. care. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's get back to the uh, we haven't heard. We haven't heard from Owen Allen yet. So let's keep going. Yeah. Well, we're still doing Zach Brooks. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so he says, Zach Brooks says, so many laugh out loud moments, LOL. And I love how everything, he didn't say LOL, I did, just uh, for the record. <laughs> uh, I, don't want, I don't want it to seem like his, uh, his email was like weirdly written. Um, yeah. So many laugh out loud moments. texting, Zach. <laughs> I love how everything comes together in the end. An Apex Mountain episode for the Funk Man. I've been to the LA chicken restaurant that inspired this episode, and their garlic sauce is delicious. Maybe Larry Miller's wife should try. Oh, Ann said the same thing. Oh, wait, was Ann talking about the garlic sauce? No, she said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. She, yeah. well, she was talking about both restaurants at different times. I don't remember which. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But I think she said it about, yeah, about the same one. Uh, Zuki and what's it called again? <clears throat> the one that Zach's talking about. Yeah. Oh, Zanku. Yeah. Thank you. Or Zen Cow, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Larry Miller's wife had tried dipping her celery in it. Do you guys ever <laughs> snack on celery or other raw vegetables? Um, yeah, I mean, not celery. Celery, I don't. I think is tasteless. Um, I'll do. Um, I'll do like carrots. I'll do peppers. I'll do cucumbers. I'll do tomatoes. Um, love it with like hummus or guacamole. That's good cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe or some like ranch dip. Mm, uh, he says no, cucumber. No, you, you had me, and then you lost me. All right, fine. I'm turned hummus, to guacamole. Off. All right, so at the uh, at the Av and Alex uh, recharge the mitzvah uh, bar mitzvah thirty ninth birthday party. Yeah, there will be no ranch, no ranch, o- no only mayo. walk. Yeah, um, I assume we, we will have, we, have we, we will have to have like a caviar platter though. Of course, like, yeah, but, like but I assume somebody somebody will have to volunteer. Maybe Olin Allen can do it to uh, police it to make sure that everybody takes their fish. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna have like a big blowout. We'll have like a lot of like curb foods. Like we'll have some Palestinian chicken, obviously. Of course. Um, yes. ca- some cob salads. Yes. Um. What else? Perhaps some uh some what what the shrimp the, the shrimp pow. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, uh, we'll probably won't have that. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> cob salad, I think, is also challenging. Um. Larry David sandwiches, of course. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe a Krispy Kreme station. Hmm, not bad. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Send in your ideas for the menu for uh, there, there's the bar, there's the a lot of froyo stuff. that will come in a later episode, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Do you think we'll be able to find a caterer is that would be pink able berry? to? I don't remember. Do they say by specifically which one it is, or we'll wait till we get to that? Episode? Um, pink berry. Yeah, it's pink berry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have some pink berry also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully that we could find a caterer who could handle all these different <laughs> types of food. At least specific. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, just watch all of Curb and make all the food from it. Like yeah. we're not, we, we don't have time to to make the list for you. Yeah. Just you'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So you know what? like I, I've gotten it multiple times, and I also gave one year a Seinfeld themed Mishloch uh, Manot on Purim, and now I'm realizing that uh, you could definitely do that with Curb as well. Um, yeah. Should we? Should we do? Should we do joint Mishloch uh, Manot next year? <laughs> Who are we sending it to? <laughs> Meet me in the middle. We'll send it to like one person in like Queens. <laughs> we'll send. Oh, so maybe we'll we, we'll do some sort of contest, and whoever wins will get a curb team Mishloch Manot from us. Okay, not bad. Uh, we'll think of something. If we you have, have ideas explain, for what the contest should be, Mishloch Manot is also. <laughs> All right, here's how it works. Whoever <laughs> could go the longest without masturbating gets the Mishloch Manot. <laughs> honor system starting now. Yes. Let us know what. Let Every us know when you're person out. listening to this podcast. Please email us the next time you master. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah, we could, we could maybe we'll we'll send we could send care packages to all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, now we probably have too many listeners from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll maybe we'll put something one thing together. We'll um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, he says cucumbers are my my go to. I'm not sure if I said that already. On all time classic episode that ends in an all time classic Twitter gif. No tough decision for me. This gets the full five pretties. Mm, good job, Zach. Good job, Zach. Your opinion is correct. Um, and last up is Olin Allen. At long, at long last, the episode I wanted to delve in deeply as an Irish Gentile. It deals with such a hot topic that may be sensitive, but must be addressed. 
And it's hard to admit, but I have to come down on one side. I do think the absolute worst and most vile actions are by those people who make unnecessary overloud noise at the dinner table, like Susie's gasp. My own personal gripe is with people who do over-the-top, unnatural, yummy noises. Yeah, that's not great. My kids do those, um, but they're children, so it's okay. No, children, children are allowed to do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, like you really can't regulate what children do. No, but my um, six-year-old says yum, 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 like num, num, num as he's eating, <laughs> as if he's like a three-year-old. Yeah, but it's still, it's cute. He enjoys his food, it's cute, yeah. But if he's doing it when he's 25, yeah. uh, put him in prison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll, you'll self-report. You'll yeah. send it to the cops. <laughs> oh, but you can, you're allowed, you have, uh, you have, um, you don't have to testify against him. You have spousal, you have parent immunity. No, no, I need to. <laughs> we can't let this go on. <laughs> Uh, he Lowland says so many classic bits in my memory and all time iconic scene with Larry being occupied by his Palestinian lover, maybe watching pretty much straight after the European soccer final meant it didn't quite hit home for me, but it definitely a top one to revisit. Marty is really hitting his stride from the latter half of last season and wonderful again. Also, I wish there was more from the policeman played by Scott Ackerman. Met him at the same comedy bang bang gig I met Berg, the Jewish lawyer, but couldn't think of much to say to Scotty. Forgot about this episode, which would have been a nice icebreaker. I wonder if there's a connection because, you know, Paul F. Tompkins and, and Ackerman are obviously very close. We, we see Paul F. Tompkins and then we see Ackerman just a couple episodes later. Yeah, I mean, like, I assume it like it's like anything else where it's like from our perspective, like the world of comedy is like a very big world. Yeah, but yeah, they're, but they're like, improv like they're yeah, it's but it's almost yeah. surprising that Ackerman hasn't had a bigger role then because he's such yeah. a improv actor. Well, I think yeah. so. And I mean, again, like, I mean, should we pull up? Let's pull up Scott Ackerman's. Uh, OK, now that we don't have uh, anyone whose time we're wasting. Yeah. I want to see like where he. I mean, we do, but they're the listeners. Now, volitional. Yeah, no, they could opt out. I mean, I guess technically she could have opted out, but that would probably have been a little. Yeah. See, so 2011, this episode was, right? 2011. Okay. So he wasn't yet like huge, but he had been on like Children's Hospital, Between Two Ferns. He was like involved with that. Yeah, but so he's on a bunch of comedy stuff with people like his age who Larry's probably not hanging out with. Yeah, and like a lot of this stuff, he was like a writer or creator behind the camera. He yeah. wasn't really a record. He wasn't, and he still is. He still really isn't until Comedy Bang Bang. Like I said, even at one point, you know, you have a really nice podcast, which I think the podcast came first, right before the show. I would assume. Um, yeah, that's two thousand nine. Uh, but yeah, like you have a really good podcast. Like you're still like people who are like in, in the TV show business, like don't care about you necessarily. Yeah. Um, but now once he had the TV show, then like for sure he took off from there. So I think this is really like just before he really blew up. So like, yeah, I still would have thought he would have a bigger role than that because like we've seen people who I think are, you know, not necessarily bigger than him at that time who got, you know, more substantial roles. And this doesn't look like one where, unless it was, you know, for all we know, they filmed like a scene with him where he like, he had a, like a, like a longer interaction with Larry with the Joker or whatever. And they cut it like, you never know with this stuff. Yeah, there might have been a whole uh, Scott Ackerman uh, side story. Maybe he comes back, right? Or is just that, whatever. It, it ended up like they didn't like not 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 his fault. Like they just like didn't end up used. Like there was some other storyline that got cut somehow. And yeah, you know, you never know. That's that's um, called yeah. defunding the police when you edit up the <laughs> Scott Ackerman scenes. <laughs> um, abolish the police. No, we're not abolishing. We're just defunding. We still have one policeman. Yeah, and he was mostly helpful. Um, but yeah, like scale back, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Let's not get into that. Um, okay. Back to Olin. So, yeah, back to Olin. Um, <laughs> Listen, if you want your email to be read uh, with no interruptions, this is not the podcast for you. 
Yeah, he says, balancing out my subdued reaction on rewatch with the iconic all-time scenes, I will give it a strong four pretties out of five. Could be subject to review. Mm. Come with Gal is undoubtedly Larry's Palestinian lover. Great sex, great chicken, and assorted relationship based on underlying hatred does sound quite fun. Yes. Except the the fucking asshole of the week (laughs) is Maggie Wheeler for constantly belittling her man and going on a sneaky affair with his best mate, leading to the ruination of the golfing. Given the nature of her laughing friends, maybe well, hold on. I, I am going to agree with Anne on this. The person whose fault the, the, the golfing disaster is, is Eddie, because like Eddie should be much more committed. Like if Eddie is so focused on winning golf that he can wait. He just started this affair, he said this week. So he could have waited like one more week to have the affair. Right. Um, He's more yeah, responsible I mean, for his golf tournament than than, you know, his his other player's wife is. Yeah. All right. Olin is canceled. Sorry, Olin. <laughs> You're out. Yeah. All Blending right. A we'll see you for a man's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's what, where was it? Oh, that was in, um, in the safe house, right? Where she tells him that like your anger is not my problem. Yeah. So yeah, your <laughs> golf game. Yeah, for sure. Not. Is not, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Sammy obviously also does it, but again, Sammy has no loyalty to this golf game. That's Eddie's responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. Um, given the nature of her laugh and friends, maybe it was better. She stuck with LOL. Um, that is a great point that I don't know how I missed. It's an actress who's infamous for like an annoying laugh. Yeah, and I said her, when we introduced her. Yeah. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. Well, I would say she should use O M G. Yeah. L O L. Yeah. Also. Yeah. But um, God. And um, yeah, it's interesting. One, she, two, she was involved with with Yemen in that episode. One, of Friends. <laughs> one two, three. Yemen Road. Yeah. Yemen. Yes, yes exactly. And uh, now she's moving uh, across the Middle East all the way to uh, Palestine. So, uh, yeah, she's all over. She's all well, over. She she was not at the protest. Well, I guess with the fall with the fall of falling her part of her marriage, she's probably not hanging out with. Them. Yeah. Well, at the end, the only, only Susie and uh, Funkhauser were there because, like, obviously, Jeff oh, Jeff isn't even there. No, I I I just saw Funk and Susie. Oh, interesting. The the two Jewish Jews. Yeah, the, the only people. Yeah, the, Susie the claims that, that her Jew face is less than Larry's. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> And then Shara on the other side. Those were the only uh, people I recognized at the rally. Yeah, well, the the woman next to Shara, who I think was the same extra that we see in the window in the earlier scene, who Shara says is not her sister. But I want to see this Yasmin. Yeah, I mean, hopefully maybe she'll show up. Mm, That would be great. That would be great if they brought them back as sisters. In season 11? Entrap Larry again. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, get to our totals. Um, so yeah, so we uh, we actually got a we got a few extra uh, ratings this week. So that was nice. We got a couple uh, new emailers or uh, additional emailers or recurring emailers who uh, haven't emailed in a while. So that's always nice. Um, you know, everyone obviously is always feel free to write in. We'll uh, we'll you know we read whatever everybody sends us. So uh, you have anything you want to say about any episode, go for it. Um, or even just like just send the rating. That's fine too. Like you want to be tabulated in the score, but you don't want to write a whole thing. Just send them a number between zero and five. That's great. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, so those uh, audience tabulation comes out to a four point two five, which is very strong. That is the number three ranked uh, episode just by the audience. Um, and then we have fives across the boards from Alex, myself, and from Anne, the three A's. Um, so that bumps up the overall score to 4.81, um, which I think makes it like me and also like you. And now, like everybody, uh, the second ranked episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm thus far with an overall grade of 4.81. 
Um, that's 0.09 behind a table read at 4.9 even. And a, a full point ahead of Crazy Eyes Killa in the number three spot wow. at 4.71. So that's our top three right now. The table read, Palestinian Chicken, Crazy Eyes Killa, Opening Night, and the Ski Lift. That's the, mm. That rounds out the top five. Solid five there. Solid five. Yeah, those are those are all above uh, four point five by a little yeah. bit, and then the rest are all below. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll uh, we'll uh, do a, a separate episode one day, and all our rankings. We'll get we'll dive we'll dive deep into all sorts of numbers. Mm. That's not that doesn't sound like something I would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next week we have the smiley face. Larry vows to topple a sacred dating taboo. Uh, he will regret making concessions to a uh, to an office neighbor. Jeff's alibi to get out of a dinner will backfire. We will get some Harry Hamlin. We'll get some Patrick Fischler. Uh, Patrick Fischler, by the way, uh, one of my favorite character actors. He's in Mad Men, Silicon Valley, Veep, a whole Lost. bunch of other stuff that we talked about. Um, Hell Caesar, but a bunch of other stuff that we talked about on uh, a, a 32 Fans podcast recently with you, Av. Yes. Although now I'm confused the order of which, which one. Yeah, I, I have, honestly have no idea. We're, at, we're, we're, at, we're recording all kinds of podcasts early, uh, but listen to them all because they all are. Pretty, 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 pretty good. So did we solve it? Israel, Palestine, it worked no. out? <laughs> yeah. Chicken. I think so. Yeah. I think we, yeah. Well, we, we More chicken, chicken and sex for everyone. Chicken for golf. Yeah. Let's do chicken and golf and see how that goes. Okay.